I really don't want to elaborate on it, but the bottom line is, I'm sitting in the locker room. I see Brett. I see Vince and his player and his crew. Brett mad as fuck because they already fucked him out the belt. I'm thinking to myself, damn, some shit gonna go down. And you know, Jim Navel sitting over in the corner, he get to doing this shit, brother, his goddamn beard. He's either up to no goddamn good or some shit is about to break out. All I know is, is Vince looked at fucking Brett talking shit, get the fuck out of my locker room, get out of my building, you're done, get out, da 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 da. And all I remember Brett was saying is, Shut the fuck up. Leave me the fuck alone. When I get done, I get dressed. I'll leave this motherfucker when I get good and ready. Ben says, you need to leave my building now. I remember Brett telling it over to him, look, I'm getting ready to take a shower. If you're standing there, when I get out the shower, I'm going to knock your ass out. Me, being the big smoker I be, I was already high by this time because I'm just done. I'm sitting back and I'm bugging to myself thinking, damn, shit's about to go down. Vince and his crew's over there, got his son, Pat Patterson, you know what I mean? He got a, um, the, the damn shooter from back in the day and shit. Uh, I can't even think of the Briscoes. We had a goddamn Briscoe. Briscoe, you know what I mean? I don't know if he a shooter or if he a hooker. Either way, that motherfucker hook you, you're a hook. All I got to know is Brett said that shit. He took his butt ass over there, went and watched the goddamn shower. He came out that damn locker room with a towel wrapped around his ass. He looked over there and see Vince still standing over there. Shit, he walked right back across the locker room over there. Grabbed his jeans out that motherfucking locker. Didn't even get the water off his back good. Shit, goddamn shit. Didn't even put his drawers on. Jumped down. Airborne Ranger. Threw his jeans on. 501. But that motherfucker's about three bucks. Two undone from the top. Didn't even put his shirt on. Stepped into his tennis shoes. Turned around, looked at Vince. Walked over there. Hit him with a left, hit him with a right, bam, dropped him like a sack of potatoes. I mean, he went down, he went on, got to put the boots to him, his son jumped on top of him, got covering his ass up and shit, you know what I'm saying? Next thing you know, shit, that was that. The rest of this shit, I'm sure y'all can read in Greg's book. so sure was real. What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? It's the question that drives us near. What is the Matrix? It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. You are a slave born into a prison for your mind. The Matrix is a system, Neo. That system is our enemy. Try to realize the truth. What truth? There is no spoon. Human beings are a disease. A cancer of this planet. You are a plague. And we are the 
you. So you're here to save the world. I'm trying to free your mind, Neo. But I can only show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through. It seems that you've been living two lives. I've seen an agent punch through a concrete wall. Men have emptied entire clips of them and hit nothing but air. Everyone who has fought an agent has died. But where they have failed, you will succeed. So what do you mean? Guns. Lots of guns. No one has ever done anything like this. That's why it's going to work. Mr. Anders. What are you trying to tell me? That I can dodge bullets? No, Neil. Trying to tell you that when you're ready, you won't have to. a good start. All right. Welcome back, guys. It's New Blood Rising Podcast. We're in Season 3. We're taking a look at ECW pay-per-views. Next stop, we're taking a look at Living Dangerously, 99 here. We're approximately what? And is this, uh, this is, yeah, March of 99. So we're right in the same area we were a year, what, I guess a year ago in the timeline. We've got WrestleMania 15 right around the corner. Uncensored 99, which we're going to be getting into. There's, uh, there's, there's some, show. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a real a real barn burner. So we're going to be diving into that today. We're looking at, again, Living Dangerously 99, which is, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. The next two shows kind of have an interesting parallel to them. We'll see how we take a look at them. But before we dive into things, let's go around the table here, so to speak. I'm William Rankin, joined, of course, by uh, Jason Keesler. How's it going, guys? Charlie Stabile. What's up? <laughs> and, of course, overseas as well, Martin Dixon. Happy 2017, everybody. We made it. We made it. Happy New Year. Thank you for bringing that up, Martin, because we haven't, you know, we're first show of uh, of 2017. So, everyone have a good holiday? That's what I was waiting to see. I was waiting to see. Jason, did you have a good holiday? No, I, I mean, it was a holiday. I was here, you know, um, good times. I cooked uh, for my family for Christmas, which I enjoy doing. And then New Year's, I was sitting and I think playing Skyrim when midnight struck. So whatever. (laughs) Nice. Charlie, how about you? How was your holiday? Uh, You know, the gifts that I got when I was a kid aren't much different than the gifts that I get as an adult. Uh, got some, got red, some red wagons, tricycles. Oh, oh no, no, no! Just toys, movies. Uh, I got some new Monopoly collectible boards. Those are cool. Yeah, and uh, now I'm back here, and uh, much like the Hanson Christmas album, I am snowed in. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, how was your holiday, sir? Uh, it was nice to finally have one. Um, working retail for 15 years, you kind of don't get. <laughs> much of uh, much of a, a winter break, 
So it was nice to not have to get up at like 4 a.m. on the 26th of December to uh, to go to work for you know for 5 a.m. Oh yeah, I bet. So I, I I was I was pleasantly happy with it. Did you uh, did you go shopping anywhere and make eye contact with someone and just give them that I'm so sorry and I feel your pain? <laughs> yes, there, yeah, there was a, a couple of times of that. When uh, poor you know assistants had to were like profusely apologising for like wait times and stuff, and I was like, you know, the first first time it was like, look, don't don't apologise for anything. <laughs> I understand. I am the same way now when it comes to going places and when it, like having taken just the the worst. All of us have the worst customer service ever from just the worst goblins on the planet in terms of what they want and how soon they want it. Like I'm the same way now when I go to a place, like I'm just like, yep, absolutely. I'll don't worry about what's going on and take your time. I completely understand. And hopefully that reassures the poor bugger that's got to do this, you know, guys got to work or whatever. It's yeah, I, I definitely feel the same way about it. Um, before we dive into the show, it's a new year, so we just want to kind of just readdress some things, some cool new changes that are going to be coming, not like in terms of how we deliver the show, really. But um, first, we want to talk about – I never say it enough, and it's probably my pro- – it's my fault because like I, I, I sometimes don't detail my own show notes for myself enough. But um, our show is available not just through the – like through Podbean or through however you listen to a podcast – we're also on a couple of feeds now. One is one we've been on for a while. I just want to re-mention it again is 4CR Online. 4CR Wrestling is the proper name, but 4CROnline.com is the uh, the website, which carries an array of other, sh- of other pro wrestling shows about what's going on now, along with some other kind of recap or nostalgia podcasts, retro podcasts, however you want to call it. That's where, Martin, you have a lot of your articles housed as well for Woeful Figures. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, Woeful Figures, Wrestling in the Clinton Years, when that used to be a thing. Probably got like a, 200 posts up there. Yeah, it's a great place for, for articles and for listening. So that's another feed for you to check out. It's 4CR Online. 4CR Wrestling is the proper name of it, but the website, again, is 4CROnline.com. Something new that's coming down off the pipe. It, um, I'm wondering if it's going to be – I think it will be set up for this show. So just be checking the Twitter for this. We're now part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. You've probably heard that before if you've listened to one of our good our good friends, Henry Huge Pex, who does the, um, the Raw Attitude podcast that Martin and I have both been on. That's we're now part of the same network, which is awesome because it is it is a relatively newer type of network that's got not just wrestling, but it's got an interesting variety of movie and other pop culture stuff as well. So that's a link to be looking out for because that's how we're going to be kind of tweeting out the show. The link to to go visit our podcast is with them as well. So be on the lookout. Again, they've got some great materials. That's the Questionable Endeavor Network. That's questnnetwork.com is their website. So. That's something pretty neat. Just wanted to bring those up again, you know, just to show you that we're we're kind of we've got some buddies out there that have some other shows that are really neat, you know, that can kind of whatever your commute is or however you listen to podcasts, whenever you do it, if you're fixing the back porch or whatever, like there's a neat variety of things out there. So beyond that, though, 
one thing that one thing, and it's just a matter of sometimes. I know I I haven't always had the time, and I know you guys haven't always had the time. Was something I know we wished we had was more of a kind of a bridge between these shows to figure out what the hell was going on on these. You know, for example, season one were the Nitros, season two were the Raws and the Smackdowns. But for here, it's what's going on on hardcore TV that sets up these pay per views. And the thing is, like, it's it, again because of time, we haven't always been able to provide that, and that's why a lot of times we're coming into these feuds. Like, all right, so why are these guys feuding? Because unless we get one of those awesome like '90s video packages, we don't really know. So the cool thing is, one of our faithful listeners for the last three seasons, Colin Duff, he's uh, Duffism1981 on Twitter. He actually has gone through and has looked at the the hardcore TVs for us. And we're going to go through a, a, a nice little recap here. I'm going to try and speed through this as clear as I can. That bridges us from Guilty as Charged, where we left off last, to now Living Dangerously 99. So I'm going to go through these here pretty quick. So this is pretty. This is uh, this is fun to look at. So starting off, here we go. January 4th, uh, 99, or January 24th, 99. This is the ECW arena. The Dudleys walk out of the arena in disgust that Public Enemy didn't accept their challenge, made a guilty as charged. Sid beats Skull Von Crush after two power bombs. Steve Prazak tries to get an interview with Chris Candido about his match with Taz. A drugged-up-looking Tammy Lynn Sitch tries to look sexy eating a banana, says Candido, and she says Candido doesn't want to talk. As uh, Colin said here, Sonny looked terrible here. Super Crazy beat Tajiri with an inverted Tornado DDT to make their series 1-1. Lance Storm promo with Tammy Lynn Bitch saying he is done with teaming with blonde guys named Chris and that 1999 was his year. RVD cut a quick and incoherent promo doing an impression of Bill Alfonso. Shane Douglas attacks Chris Candido before their match with a chair shot and a Pittsburgh plunge onto a chair. Douglas then challenges Taz for a rematch. Taz pinned Douglas after a Taz mission suplex through a table to retain the ECW World Championship. On January 31st, from the ECW arena, Taz cuts a promo where he insults WWF champion The Rock and WCW champion Hulk Hogan, stating that neither could beat him for his ECW championship. RVD and Sabu defeat... Would either want to. <laughs> Would either want to, I know. <laughs> RVD and Sabu defeat the hardcore chair-swinging freaks after Balls was put through a table with the, sp- the splash-slash-leg-drop combination to defend the ECW World Tag Team Championship. Joey Styles notes on commentary that this is the first time they have done that since RVD sliced off his eyelid in the process of doing it. There it is. Steve Prazak interviews Super Crazy, but Crazy responds in Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) The Dudley boys come to the ring dressed as the public enemy and mock them. The show ends with the public enemy showing up and attacking the Dudleys. Hardcore TV. (laughs) Naturally, of course. (laughs) Hardcore TV here. This is uh, February 27th. I'm sorry. February 7th, 1999, Detroit, Michigan. RVD, Sabu, and Fonzie promo hyping being in their home state of Michigan. Chris Candido attacks Shane Douglas during a promo. Roadkill versus Chris Chetty ends when Sid destroys both men. Chetty gets two power bombs. <laughs> we, I think we see a trend developing here. Lance Storm beats Spike Dudley with a triple power bomb. And Colin notes here, think Chris Jericho's finisher from WrestleMania 2000. Tajiri pins super crazy with a Hearn Canrana and make the series 2-1. Highlights of the Dudleys attacking Public Enemy before the taping started airs. That was, um, yeah. New Jack then comes out 
but is beaten down, Joey tells us that someone paid the Dudleys to take out the public enemy and they have a bonus bounty on New Jack. The Dudley Boys versus Public Enemy is announced for the next ECW TV tapings, but this never happened because the Public Enemy joined the WWF soon after. Taz defends the ECW championship against El Diablo in a squash match. (laughs) (laughs) El Diablo? (laughs) I'm sorry. I wish I could get through that without laughing, but... El Diablo. (laughs) He... He defends the title against El Diablo in a squash match with the Taz Mission. <laughs> Just as a side note, El Diablo was wearing a Rey Mysterio Jr. mask. <laughs> Post-match, Taz makes an open challenge to any WWF or WCW champion to face him, then calls out Sabu. They have a pull-apart brawl to end the show. Okay, so now... Valentine's Day, <laughs> Valentine's Day, 1999, Detroit, Michigan. Fan cam of Sid, <laughs> fan cam of Sid destroying one man gang, Rod Price <laughs> and Skull Von Crush from a house show. <laughs> I, okay, RVD pinned Ulf Herman with a five star frog splash to retain the ECW TV title. This match was heavily edited into clips. It must have been awful. <laughs> fan cam of Stephen Prezak asking Joel Gertner who paid off the Dudleys Gertner happily tells him it's the mysterious benefactor or I guess as we would call it in the WWF it's the higher power maybe yeah. great reveal on that now that I've said that so it's going to be great fan cam of Spike Dudley pinning Dig- Big Dick Dudley after an acid drop Post-match with Dudley's 3D spike, New Jack attacks the Dudleys, dives off a balcony onto Joel Gertner, (laughs) (laughs) who is on a table in the ring, ends with with Dudley's hitting Jack with 3D. Little Guido versus Antifaz Del Norte turned into a tag team match with the FBI versus Del Norte and Nova. Del Norte pinned Guido after a front suplex into a face buster. Fan cam of Super Crazy pinning Tajiri with this uh, with a power bomb from Concord, North Carolina. The series is now tied at two apiece. On February twenty first, ninety nine, from Elks Lodge, New, New York, Cronus versus Steve Carino ends with, as you guessed it, Sid destroying both men after <laughs> <laughs> after Carino decided to use a power bomb during the match. <laughs> well, the idea of Sid just being like. Uh-huh. <laughs> like a time out. <laughs> just he said, Sid munching on some popcorn. He sees it. And it's just, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm going out there. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, Judge Joe hasn't even done his stick yet. He's like, I don't care. I got cash. Chris Chetty penned Little Guido after a springboard moonsault. New Jack brings the brings gangsta's partner Mustafa to attack the Dudley Boys. Mustafa turns on New Jack and reveals himself (laughs) to be the mysterious benefactor. (laughs) Not Mustafa. (laughs) It it was me, New Jack. It It was was me me. all along. Sucker. I thought you could trust a gangster. (laughs) Oh, God, I'm going to have a heart attack. Here we go. Cronus and Spike fail to make the save, and they each eat a 3D. Shane. <laughs> Shane. All right. What the hell happened to Cronus? I know. <laughs> Is he still Hugh Morris? 
I, that's what I'm wondering. Okay. <laughs> so Shane Douglas comes out to the ring, boots in hand to retire. The fans chant, please don't go, which we know must have been ADR. That could not have been real. Yeah, that's impossible. <laughs> Come on. He says he is going to pass on the boots to the new franchise of ECW. Just incredible. Lance Storm come out saying they're the new franchise. Douglas announces Tommy Dreamer is the new franchise before Storm and Credible attack him. Dreamer fails to make the save. Francine received a cane shot and a kick to the head from Credible. Ouch. It was hilarious. I, I know. I can't wait till we talk about that video. Okay. February 26, 99, Hardcore TV from Elks Lodge, New York again. The Dudleys have a wad of cash in hand, and they tell New Jack he will have to go through them to get to Mr. Mustafa. <laughs> Mr. Like Mr. Hughes? I know, Mr. Yes. Mustafa. Okay. Super crazy pin to Jerry after a springboard frog splash. Crazy is now 3-2 to two up in their series. The FTW championship match between Sabu and Skull Von Crush went to a non-finish. That's interesting. After Sabu put Von Crush through a table at ringside, then called out Taz. That's awesome. He's like, I'm done with this. I'm just going to call you. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Taz comes out to pull the pull comes comes out and they have a pull apart brawl. During the match, Sabu attacked a fan at ringside during a crowd <laughs> brawl as the fan wouldn't get out of his way. <laughs> and that fan was Dan Rackley. I'm just <laughs> Lance. Lance Storm announces Tammy Lynn Bitch has left ECW and has a new manager, Beulah McGillicuddy, but it's just Don Marie dressed as Beulah. Tommy Dreamer attacks Storm before quick before quickly being attacked by Credible and Jason. Shane Douglas and Francine make the save. Don Callis slash the Jackal slash Cyrus the Virus debut debuts during this uh, during the previous segment in the crowd on the top tier. We now go to March seventh, nineteen ninety nine. Mostly a recap show with interviews. Taz vs. Sabu is announced for Living Dangerously. Joey Styles rants about WCW Uncensored, announcing an extreme hardcore three-way dance of Raven, Bam Bam, and Hardcore Hack, as well as Ric Flair vs. Hollywood Hogan in a barbed wire steel cage match. This leads into highlights of Terry Funk vs. Sabu from Born to be Wired. Joey Styles says, Hogan won't let his back touch the canvas, never mind barbed wire. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> New Jack, oh, this has got it. I wish I could hear this. New Jack cuts a promo where he asks Mustafa to show up for the pay-per-view for not a match, but a homicide. <laughs> <laughs> Will you come hey, to the murder I'm going to perform? You got, you got any plans? Because uh, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> make, make sure you clock in. <laughs> Mar- March 14th, yeah, March 14th, 1999, the hardcore chair-swinging freaks beat Di- uh, Danny Doring and Roadkill and the FBI in a three-way tag match. Opening graphic hyped Living Dangerously, quote-unquote, convince Vince, and also, quote-unquote, piss off Bis- Bischoff. <laughs> piss off, I'm serious, it's it, piss off Bischoff. Okay, so now Mustafa versus New Jack is announced for the pay-per-view. RVD, Sabu, and Fonzie promo hyping Jerry Lynn versus Sabu for the FTW Championship. First time on TV, RVD versus Jerry Lynn is announced for the pay-per-view. Jerry Lynn versus Sabu for the FTW Championship went to a no contest after Jerry Lynn went through a ringside table with RVD and Taz, uh, and Taz coming out to attack Sabu. The way I said that wasn't very good. Jerry RVD didn't come out to attack him. Taz did. <laughs> like what? <laughs> But um, 
But when Taz comes out, he gets hit with a triple jump moonsault. Sabu then drives Taz through a table in the corner. The match had a story that RVD wanted Sabu to lose the title so Lynn versus RVD could be a TV versus FTW unification title match. Tommy Dreamer versus Lance Storm. I know. I thought the same thing. Tommy, Tommy Dreamer versus Lance Storm doesn't happen due to credible attacking Dreamer before the match. Prior to the attack, Lance Storm introduces he and Don Marie as the ring announcer, and but refuses to announce her as Beulah. Douglas makes the save before Storm challenges him to a match. Lance Storm pins Shane Douglas with a small package after Credible hit Douglas with a Singapore cane. Finally, the March this is the March twenty first, ninety nine ECW Arena uh, TV taping here. The Impact players attack Douglas and Dreamer in the aisleway after the faces cut a promo in the ring. Joey Styles announces that whoever wins between Tajiri and Super Crazy at the pay-per-view wins the feud. Mustafa versus Spike Dudley went to a no contest in less than a minute when the Dudleys attacked Spike after he hit an acid drop on Mustafa. New Jack attacks the Dudleys until they hit the 3D. <laughs> And here, here comes everybody's favorite part. Jasmine St. Clair is in the shower talking about how yeah. she, <laughs> she is, I can't, this, she is talking about how she's getting so wet about living dangerously. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Rob Van Dam and Sabu defeated the Dudley boys and Dreamer and Doug, or Dreamer and Douglas to retain the ECW World Tag Team Championship. Dreamer was pinned following a table of Van Daminator. Ouch. That's got to be interesting. Yeah. Wait, was it, was, did they throw a table in his <laughs> that, That's what I wanted to believe, was that Fonzie picked up a table, threw it at Tommy, he was like, oh, I got to catch that, instead of deflecting it, <laughs> eats it. Dreamer was pinned, fo- oh yeah, I'm sorry, the Impact players attack Douglas and Dreamer during the match. Taz comes to the ring to brawl with Sabu post-match. They stare each other down before being pulled apart by security. Taz tells Sabu he will choke him out before the show ends, with Taz putting him through a table afterwards. So, there we go. That is our build-up here. So, that, I'm glad to have that. I mean, granted, like, it's a, it's a, it's a hell of a read-through, I know. It but, all makes sense now. But in a way, it does. Like, that's what's great, is, like, I love hearing about how, how Tommy Dreamer just, once again, just cannot get a break. In He's a views. fucking loser. <laughs> Like Jesus. that's the common theme, like with with all these shows. Just like God, get a win. Just get. I know, I know. And once again, is his stupid videos before matches aren't any fucking different. But uh, I will, I will. Yourself, Joe, baby. <laughs> I just start doing heroin the moment like that goes. Like, oh, here we go. Let me just go ahead and tie one off and shoot it up. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so here we go. We are now for the pay- we're heading into our paper ECW Living Dangerously 99 from Asbury Park, New Jersey, the convention hall. And I'm going to say this up front. You heard me say it on Twitter, and I said it to all you guys. This is the angriest crowd I have ever seen, and maybe <laughs> and it might be because the way the sound is done, where we hear them a lot more. But they are they, and I don't know if it's the weather outside because we hear that it's got this downpour and that there's rain in the arena, like water is seeped in or something like that, or maybe not even seeped in, but everybody's tracked it in. But it's it's just a very angry crowd. This puts East Rutherford from the post uh, WrestleMania uh, 29 crowd to, to to bed. Forget them. Yeah. Like this crowd is. Well, these guys yeah, you, live in Asbury Park, New Jersey, which was voted, and I looked this up, this is ranked the number two most dangerous and ghetto city to live in New Jersey, 
by roadshacks.com, and I'm going to read you their disclaimer because it's hilariously worded. This is an opinion based on facts and science. Don't freak out about it. <laughs> God. God. God bless like, Really? <laughs> this, this is shit because I said so because I read some stuff. That's yeah. what it should just say. Here's my conclusion. <laughs> Furthermore, so, escape from L.A. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> um, as as you, as everyone knows, my spell check on my Microsoft Word or not even my Microsoft, my Google Docs is always goofy, as we've seen in the past with Tax uh, Ultima Warrior and uh, what was another gem from last time? We had uh, trying to remember one of the other ones previously. Can't remember. It's always Buff Bagel. Buff Bagel. Yep, yeah. yeah, that's Buff a good one. Buff Bagel. I think uh, it was. Uh, oh, I forget, but I got a couple more right off the bat here. Stephen Prezak was apparently replaced by Stephen Parsec. <laughs> <laughs> so there's 12 of him to do the Kessel Run. Uh, anyway, Stephen Parsec tries to get a word with Taz about the unification bout, but Taz insists instead that ECW is covering up Sabu's busted jaw, and that is what is that is really that that is what he's really going to zero in on tonight. I would. I feel bad for any time this guy has to do a promo with Taz because it just seems like he just gets instantly just just shit. I don't know if this was his way of doing The Rock and Jonathan Coachman because that's how – or The Rock and Kevin Kelly. You remember that, guys? Like how they always – Yeah. Oh, yeah. How it was – those guys were always just there for The Rock just to slaughter on the microphone. And it just seems no different with poor Stephen Parsec. Yeah, but Taz just slaughters <laughs> this guy. Yeah. That's right. And this guy alone. <laughs> <laughs> Taz gets that he says, I'm going to be on his jaw like stink on shit. Kind of gross. <laughs> I mean, apparently well. apparently, Taz uh, had to pick up the bill at the uh, Chevron for the Slim Jims on the road trip. <laughs> because... <laughs> but... <laughs> so... I thought that was all right. Until he, st- he brought up Flair, Austin, my yeah, yeah. Mankind, and Hogan. No, just... Stop it! I don't get why he does this, and we saw in that buildup, like he just loves the Napoleon complex. I, I guess. I mean, of course, like is it like isn't it a year from now? Is that when it is? Like a year from now, when Triple H and him have that battle for the ECW title, or is that? In, yeah, it is, isn't it? Two thousand. Yeah, it's, it's like a year and a month, I think. Yeah, it's awesome. Like it's and that that was such a cool way of bringing like the the two companies together, kind of in a way. It was kind of neat, but um. Okay, so now Joey's in the oh, ring. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was gonna say, because Joey's in the ring, you can hear him, but you can't see him because they start getting the crowd to do the until live yes. countdown, which is so well timed because it comes across like they're just literally counting down till Taz gets his <laughs> "Win if I let you survive if you can" bit in. It's perfect. It, they hit the one right as he's finishing. <laughs> is it the next show where he actually says like I got to get my gimmick in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the most meta promo ever. And uh, Prezak doesn't even know what he's talking about. No, he doesn't. He has no idea. You're what? <laughs> My gimmick, brother. <laughs> so he he continues with the the Taz Sabu type of um, reinforcement of of their match. And this is again, I one thing I love about these shows are the pop culture references. He reinforces as well that Don King is barred from the building, and so. I think it's mentioned later, but I think this is when we had the Holyfield Lewis fight 
that went to a weird draw, which, you know, in boxing, if there's ever something like that, people are like, yeah, you're the, the fix is in, the screw job is in, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Earl Hebner screwed him somehow, probably, you know, <laughs> which by the way, I, I look up on his Twitter and I just can't stand how he just still just lives within that world of him screwing Brett. Like he, like it's a part of his character now. It just makes me mad. And Charlie, we talked about this, how that's always like, it, it seemed like that was a real thing where he felt bad about doing it. And now it's just, you know, whatever. Well, yeah. If you, uh, if you, if it's in Brett's book where he talks about how Earl Hebner, uh, I believe Earl Hebner had a, a stroke or something like within the next year or two. And Brett called him up and Earl Hebner was apparently crying, like talking to Brett on the phone. Cause it was the first time he talked to Brett in, in years. <laughs> so, so, you know, he feels bad about it. If you believe what Brett says. So, yeah, for Earl to do what he does and and that house show that we went to for TNA where he was selling that T-shirt, you know, getting that nuclear heat from the crowd. Yeah, it's it's very strange that that he still lives with that. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's so weird, man. Anyway, all right, so diving into our first match, we find, like, as we talked about, the, the match to end the feud here, Super Crazy versus Tajiri. So... Tajiri still comes out with that awkward prodigy music. I'm sorry. It's just never going to fit. At least it's not going to fit while he wears just, you know, kind of like this older ring attire that he had before he yeah, adopted. Well, the, like, you know, young lion, you know, Japanese fighter man gear. Right. I, I think, I mean, we can all probably agree this has been a fun series to not just follow on uh, through Colin's uh, recap, but from last month watching it, these guys put on a hell of a show together. It's great. Oh, yeah. Um, this one is no different. I mean, super crazy ends up picking up the win, but um, there's some there, there's some great like I mean they the one thing I took away from this was and I just want to bat this around. Did you guys notice how Tajiri is getting more and more comfortable with this crowd? To yeah, Charlie, what did you think? Like, did you think it was kind of the same with like uh, are you tra- start, we're starting to see Tajiri become Tajiri? Yeah, you know it's going to be happening soon. Um, I, I, I wonder if he was nervous when he first came in as to whether or not his style of wrestling would be accepted. Like, right. like where do I fit in? That kind of deal. Yeah. And he, from the previous show that we saw to this one, it's almost a 180. Tajiri looks like he belongs here, and he looks like he's having a good time. Agreed. Yeah, Jason, did you kind of get the same feeling about Tajiri in this? Yeah, I think he's kind of accepting it because the ECW fans are almost the exact opposite of wrestling fans, or wrestling fans, Japanese wrestling fans, because <laughs> right. they're uh, they are because you know they're they're just such a frenzy compared to the you know mostly quiet, just applauding sequences, and these people are just like really into it, um, I- and. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, basically just give you the most crazy kind of energy to feed off of. One thing I would say that kind of, I, I think, hits the hits that point on the head. When Super Crazy slips on the top rope, Tajiri actually feeds the You Fucked Up chance, which I think is awesome. That's that He actually does that in a way, even though, like, I hate the chant. I've never liked that chant ever. Yeah. Uh, when Even when I was younger, I never liked it. You know, when I was kind of watching, you know, wrestling in the attitude era. I just thought it was kind of weird, but uh, I love the way that Tajiri again, like he just goes right with it with the crowd and everything when normally like, you know, it's something that, 
you know, it's it's a bit embarrassing, I'm sure, whenever it happens for you during a match. But I just think it, I think it's awesome that he embraces it. Um, did, it's like um, Jushin Liger once did that. So I think it, I think during uh, a match with the great Sasuke, Sasuke did exactly the same thing. Went for a springboard of the ropes, slipped off, fell, you know, completely on his ass. Liger thinks about continuing, but then stops and and actually laughs like belly laughs. <laughs> yeah, it's in a like the biggest dick move <laughs> I think you could possibly do, which is why I love Liger. Oh yeah, totally. Boy, that would have been that would have been fun to see Tajiri versus Liger right now at this time period. That would have been cool to see in ECW. Um, yeah. what I was going to say next was like just the what's fun about this match is the contrast in styles and it's something like i I can tell you when i was a younger wrestling fan i I didn't really look at styles all that much but when you see like somebody who is really like a a japanese like you know in terms of in terms of style like kind of that strongman style i mean the kicks are lethal they sound as lethal as ever compared to then you see the lucha libre style of super crazy and just to see how those two mesh together it's really cool that combination of really strong physical action then with like very athletic maneuvers at the same time did overall like what did i guess the question i'm gonna bat around next to you guys is were you cool with the ways with super crazy picking up the win in this feud and like how would you compare it to last month jason started off well i I kind of took the the surprise out of last month out of it when I was looking at it because I was just like, holy shit, this is going to be great. Um, I thought the last month's match was a little bit better, but I think Super Crazy getting the win to me kind of seemed right um, because they – I mean with what really winds up happening is Super Crazy is already essentially the character he's going to be for ECW, whereas Tajiri is going to become something else. So I think he's got to lose – and, and kind of get something in his belly. Um, just to, where you were talking about the, the sounds of, of the kicks, Tajiri's kicks are making thuds, not the kip slap sound that you hear in a lot of Lucha stuff. The, when he's kicking him, it's like audible thuds, yeah. um, which is crazy. And Super Crazy's triple moonsault bit he does is fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie, what did you think of this one overall? And along with, did you did you mind Super Crazy getting the win here? What did you think? I think uh, I, I agree with with Jason. Uh, so, because yeah, Tajiri, where he's not in his final form yet, and I think Tajiri is more endeared by the crowd than Super Crazy. So, it's not like Tajiri losing is really going to hurt him all that much, especially if he's about to go through a character change. Uh, I think the match itself, with the exception of Bob Ortiz, who bothers to mention the fact that Tajiri is from Tokyo, Japan, but Super Crazy is simply from Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) I think he has a dog in the fight. (laughs) (laughs) But that notwithstanding, I think the match would have been better than the one from before had it not been for... The, the strange sunset flip spot that uh, Super Crazy does on the on the ramp, it doesn't really seem to make any sense, and I can even read that on his face after he does it. Like, well, well that was worth a shot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bueno. And I think, I think Tajiri tries to sell it by acting like he hit the back of his head on the ramp. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's good for him, I and mean, that's very professional, but still, it just looks stupid. And 
as if that wasn't uh, detrimental enough. It gets a little botchy at the end, unfortunately, but it doesn't really take away from how amazing, I want to say, the first 90 seconds of the match was. Yeah. So, yeah, overall, I think Super Crazy getting the win was the right choice, and I think it's a damn good opener. I mean, it's a welcome relief from uh, seeing the FBI open the show. Who I who I like, but I, I just get t- I just get tired of that. And and of course, Roadkill, Danny Doring, like yep. all that stuff. Where like we've seen them open these shows, and it's like we need to you need to get something else going here. So Martin, kind of close out the talk on this here. Overall, like the match. What'd you think? Yeah, I thought it was great. I I do love me some flip me do's. So this, <laughs> <laughs> this this played to to my taste. Um. I was a bit disappointed in Super Crazy winning, but that's only because I'm slightly more invested in Tajiri. Just overall, you know, I've seen his, you know, more, more of his body of work. But now yeah, the match, match was fun. It was it was a fun stunt show. I preferred the one from last pay per view. I got you purely because it it was the the you know the shock of the new. It was like holy crap! It's Super Crazy in Tajiri. Right. I mean, this is a, a sequel, which was fine, but I just preferred the last one. What I, what I want to do real quick with each of these matches, too, uh, now, just so we can kind of get, like, uh, at the end of the show, kind of a good, a, a true solid rating from each of us. On a scale of 1 to 10, starting with Charlie, what would you give this match? This ma- Oh, this match. I'd give it a 7. 7, okay. Uh, Jason, what would you give it? I'd give this a good 7.5. 7.5, seven okay. Martin? Uh, yeah, I'd say seven as well, just off the top of my head. Man, I guess I was – I'm the whore of this. I'm the, I'm, I give it a nine. Like I was like, oh, just, I can't get enough. Just, yeah, keep, yeah. just, just keep giving me more. Um, oh. But anyway. Well, okay. I, mean, <laughs> I would shout out – you know, I, my thing with it, that uh, they were making some kind of bad decisions and the fact that they decide to do all that crazy shit uh, right next to the side of the ramp with the wooden stairs as opposed to the other side with no stairs – and I just kept going. This is not going to end well. Yeah, because <laughs> like it, you were just you were just it, waiting for something to go wrong, weren't you? I, yeah, I'm waiting for the base of someone's skull to hit that those wooden steps, and and suddenly, even though we've seen it all and it's 2017 instead of 1999, it's like history changes. Sam Beckett's into Jerry and he fucks up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a bad leap! <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> No, it would actually be amazing if he leaped into someone as a, like a wrestler. And like, w- w- who am I? And then he hears the New Jack music. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at his hands and goes, oh, fuck, I'm not New Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately tries to kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you bring a child's... Play lawnmower to a blood feud match? I'll choke on that. <laughs> okay, so we go backstage. Bill Alfonso hypes Sabu against Taz. RVD steals the moment to hype his TV title match later. I, I, I love that RVD here. He doesn't know what the FTW belt is. Like, what belt is that? What is that again? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Well, it, Sabu treats it with the respect it deserves by sharpying his name onto it. Yeah. With the white Have you tape. seen on, on the FTW belt? He puts a bit of tape and writes Sabu on it. I can't. That's that's why I just I, these um these RVD promos. I just I, 
they're they're sometimes they go on a little too long. But mm-hmm. but yeah. sometimes like at least like for the first cup like the first ninety seconds of it he absolutely kills it and I think it's hilarious just the the way he's just so nonchalant about it like it's it really again like is it's a broken record for me to say it and we've said it before like it's kind of unheralded sort of how he his his attempts at being a heel and you know over these these uh, I guess now we're a couple years into the the timeline it's just fascinating. But um, yeah, Fonzie's good at this. This is a good promo. I mean, it's mm-hmm. long, but where Fonzie does the line, he goes, "If Sabu gets hurt, I'm going to tape him up. I'm going to put him back together, and we're going to keep going." Yeah. I mean, that's, and then Rob Van Dam, like putting you know putting the nail in the coffin, he goes, "How's Rob Van Dam going to carry all five belts and his tag team partner?" <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be my friend, man. You know. <laughs> So now we go to the ring where Steve Carino, making his our pay-per-view debut for us, I believe, um, says the last match was the drizzling shits, and he can do everything they can except better. He throws out an open challenge, which is always... No, always. Man, there's like six of these. <laughs> so balls worse than the last. <laughs> balls Mahoney. Cards, not not exactly cards subject to change, but cards subject to, to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into it, did you notice the music that Steve Carino came out? Yes. last night. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, he walks out to the Puff Daddy song from the uh, yeah from Godzilla. <laughs> oh god. I know. I it's you're... not Cashmere. <laughs> no, I feel bad too because these people are just screaming Sid. Yeah, like, they're like Sid, 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 Sid. You get Balls Mahoney, and they're like. Uh, all right. All right. Wouldn't it be great if Sid, Sid was on the toilet and he heard that? He's like, nope, not now. Uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> Popcorn's in the micro. <laughs> I've got Orville Redenbacher. Sid's got a hot plate and Jiffy Pop. He's just back there. Soon. Soon. <laughs> so, Balls Mooney comes out, accepts the challenge. We go into, I mean, which is... I mean, for the most part, a, 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 a don, I wouldn't say a, necessarily a squash, but a very dominant Mahoney performance here. He picks up the win after he, he absolutely just waffles Carino with his own chair to pick yeah, up the that, win. That, uh, like, two-second shot, that is in ECW video packages for the remainder of, of the uh, run of the company. A seminal moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, Dude, the, uh, Solomon's called in Candido. Uh, Steve Carino, the the uh, the, po- the pre Kevin Steen spot he does with that chair made me yeah. laugh a lot. Yeah, I did pop. This is that's how you be a heel in ECW. Yeah, you yeah. don't hit people with chairs. I did think it like in terms like his promo, if like in terms of content, is generic. But it was I like the he definitely came across like as a pretty cool new. Like, I guess a step or two. Lo- he's kind of his gimmick though. Yeah. Oh, is like the quote unquote king of old school. The king of old school. It was great though. Like I thought it was a. I thought he was kind of a step or two below Just Incredible because Just Incredible basically does the same thing in, in a lot of ways. It's the same type of promo, but I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was a cool introduction to him. I I did enjoy him just getting absolutely destroyed. But the cool, <laughs> the good thing about the way I know Paulie kind of takes some shots from us in terms we we talk about the booking of some of these shows. But the one thing I always liked is that. 
there's no way you can follow uh, Super Crazy and Tajiri with a match of that caliber yet. So how do you how do you transition from it? Throw in a, a, a squash match, basically. So yeah. I thought overall I gave this a five out of ten. Jason, what did you to start off with? What did you give this kind of impromptu match? This match? Yeah. A five. Uh, this is a. Oh my god, it's a ten star classic. Um, no, it's a. <laughs> Well, I would say that, you know, I'm right with you, 5 out of 10. Charlie, what would you think, man? Well, I have to adjust my math here because I have one and a half out of five circles. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's a three, Charlie. That's a three. So is that a three out of ten? That's, let Rain Man help you. That's a three, yeah. All right, so we're at a, a good day to die hard level. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Martin, what would you think, man, overall? What would you give this? Um. I, off the top of my head, I'd have said three for it being a squash match, but the chair thing adds a start. Worth it for that. Yeah, because, I mean, like that's how you beat evil in ECW. You take a chair, you go to hit someone with a chair, but in fact you plant the chair, sit down on the chair, and do a headlock. <laughs> oh, I that's, know. That's, that, that's got to be a style, so yeah. four uh, for me. That is a good And spot. the match did what it was supposed to do. Like, Will, William hit it right on the head. Like, that was definitely just a cool-off match. Yep. So it served its purpose. So, I mean, you can't fault it for that. Now we're going to shift. We go to a video package where we this kind of that recaps basically what's been going on with the Dudleys and New Jack. What I love is that Cream by Wu-Tang is the underscore for it. I, once again, the sound mixing isn't spectacular, but I absolutely yeah. love that they used uh, that track. Um, oh, the, good old creative ruins everything around me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... To kind of talk about just the the summation of this package, we find out as we talked about that Mustafa was the great benefactor slash the higher power. So, what do we think that we're going to be getting this one on one match tonight? Like, I just want to see. Like, I, I just want to know what you felt when you saw this, <laughs> J- uh, Jason. What did you think? I mean, you know, if you're the great benefactor, I like that. That's just. I think you would have maybe changed your look from being a gangsta. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, that's what I would have thought. Like, yeah, he comes out looking like he used to right before he turns on him. But now he's like, you know, he's supposed to be, I don't know. I was ex- wasn't expecting much. And from what we know about New Jack and uh, what, what New Jack loves to say in his interviews now, I, I was like, well, things aren't going to end well for good old Mustafa. Charlie, I mean, isn't it funny that they they basically were doing APA way before that we would see that become yeah. the popular gimmick. We see it a little bit more, I think, next show with uh, with the, the the backstage stuff with um, with Hardcore Heaven. But it's just fascinating. This was APA, basically. It, it's APA if Farouk and Bradshaw had guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's what I'm expecting out of this match is is a true like six shooting homicide. So. Yeah, it's. I mean, Mustafa. I always, I've never seen him wrestle. I've seen him wear that that thing around his face, which makes him look like a, a gangster from L.A. that's about to rob a saloon. <laughs> and when he takes it off, I'm just like, oh, he just he's just a dude. But uh, no, I'm. I just want to get that part over with. That's okay, no problem. <laughs> well, guess what? It's still not happening. You get a cool for it, and then it doesn't I, happen. I hate how ECW does these video packages where, oh, God, like, this match is tonight. Not next, but, I mean, it's coming. It's so weird. (laughs) 
I don't. I, I'd always. It's such a head fake every it's time. They got to try and sober up one of the participants. <laughs> so I'm bail him out of jail. <laughs> we <laughs> we dive into our next match here. Antifaz del Norte, or as I call him, Demolition Dragon, because he looks just like <laughs> Demolition. He, he looks like a Lucha member of Demolition in a way to me. I love the idea of chapters of Demolition. Chapters of Demolition. <laughs> and he's taking on little Guido here. So as we had talked about, it was mentioned briefly in the recap, we have finally seen the end of the first incarnation of the FBI. The Smothers-Guido partnership ha- is over. The The alliance, or as I wrote it from Lord of the Rings, the alliance between Smothers and Guido is over. Their time here is over. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just making that so fucking epic and wrong at the same The alliance between Smothers and Guido is over. Our time here is ending. <laughs> you were my brother, Smothers. <laughs> it's over, Guido. I have the high ground. <laughs> This is uh this match is kind of a train wreck uh to be to, I I early on like I did you guys just notice that like the whole crowd was not into Demolition Dragon at all. Oh, there was one guy who was into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> Are you talking about the guy who just says Howard Finkel? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, Bob Ortiz, I have my own notes on him, but there's this point where Guido does some move, I don't remember what it was and He's like just kind of moving around the ring, and you just hear this guy go, "Fuck you!" <laughs> yeah, I've got that. Well, that's, yeah, that's later. There's a point because with my JVC headphones, I pick up. It's right before like the match really gets going, and it sounds like Howard Finkel is in the crowd, and he is drunk because it's got the whole Howard Finkel. He's just like, "What's this motherfucker up?" And it's just like, "I can't say that." And I was like, "Holy shit!" The part you're talking about, Charlie, is like after Guido goes for a pen, he gets two. The ref goes, that's two. Guido goes, that was three. And then you see Guido look around and he goes, because the crowd is just like Will said, they're angry. Guido goes, now let's have it. And then you hear that guy, fuck you. It's like, I swear, it's like Al Pacino from Son of a Woman showed up to the the fucking show. (laughs) And... It, it this it's just and it just gets worse because like what's awesome is Antifaz tries to like appeal to the crowd and they no no he tries to be a face and they reject him horribly it it, it really is like everybody becomes Dikembe Matumbo in the crowd and waves their finger like no 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 uh uh-uh. uh and so um. I did. We also mention Big Sally is here, which is great. Yep. We finally get him as well now with the FBI. I don't think we got that at Guilty's Charge, did we? He was there, but I, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, I guess he wasn't really a presence. No, yeah. no. How is that guy not a presence? But, <laughs> yeah, I know. But I love those <laughs> when Jerry that says I didn't think he would fit in Jersey. Yeah. Well, well I, I like how they the same nickname is applied to Dick Dudley and Sally Graziano. Yeah. Like, like they're both big, but clearly one is truly big <laughs> that we know of. Hey. <laughs> He probably has the moment. I have no desire to see Sally Graziano's penis. That's a soundbite. That is a soundbite right there. I wasn't going to go there, Charlie, as a fat guy. 
Um, yeah, the, the 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 big fuck you guy chant that we just talked about. Joey Styles picks it up and he just goes, Guido has no fans here in Asbury Park, New Jersey, and may not have any anywhere. <laughs> A great microphone grab is, is, I think it's a moment of the match when Big Sally sees Antifaz about to leap on him. He goes, come on, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that little dude jumps at him and just falls. He is incredibly sweary. Yes. Big, big mistake as he gets power slammed like through a table, I think. Oh, by Sally. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, just, and then, like, unfortunately, like, this move worked in the 80s, and I get, like, how they adjusted it to work for little Guido, but him winning with the Sicilian Crab, like, it just does nothing to help oh, this that was, match. That was a Linguini tamer. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's doing the lion tamer. He's setting him yeah. up for ratatouille. This is shut up your face. <laughs> I, I just uh, go ahead, yeah, Charlie. Go yeah. ahead, finish your point on that. Finish my point. Oh no, no, no! It's just that- like I was kind of surprised because I've seen him do the Sicilian crab before, and it's truly just a Boston crab, but. This one is, is straight out of the Jericho playbook, and it just kind of threw me off because I've never really seen, other than when somebody does it to Jericho as like a, some sort of comeuppance receipt, I've never seen anyone else do it uh, outside of that. So, I mean, it, it didn't really bother me so much. But what I'll tell you what is bothering me is Bob Ortiz. Uh, he, 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 I've, I've never seen this before. So when, when he uh, introduces them, uh, so Antifaz del Norte is from Monterey, Mexico. So we got a city and the country. And then little Guido is simply from Sicily. <laughs> like Sicily, North Dakota. When he says Sicily, do you immediately just go to old Moss Bornak just sitting there? Picture it. Sicily. Yeah. 1999. Yeah. Guido in the ring. Can you imagine if he announced her to the ring and he just said from Sicily? <laughs> I think that'd be so funny if he announced Estelle Getty to the ring. <laughs> That's from Sicily. With, with the purse in hand with the brick inside. Someone should just, uh, someone like, you know, Will should just superimpose Estelle Getty's face on the old, the gif of that lady spitting on Hogan. <laughs> Can you imagine if Tony Chimmel announced uh, Betty White to the ring from St. Olaf, Rose Nyland? <laughs> and the head cheerleader, Blanche. St. Olaf. Oh, God. <laughs> she comes out with a man. I did the Golden Girls is going to Hulu in its entirety. I saw that. I am. I would I, love it. I've got the DVDs. I'm good. But I think that's great that the show finds a new life somewhere. If Rose came out with the Mankind mask on and the, the shirt and tie, that would be <laughs> fantastic. Like the referee? Yes. <laughs> Rose Nyland. Watch out for her. <laughs> Imagine Undertaker throwing her off the wall. <laughs> and you know she can't be killed. So. She's telling an amusing anecdote about her youth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not listening to this shit. <laughs> Bye-bye. 
Thank you for being a friend. There it is. There it is. That was what I was waiting for. Slam on the tax. It zooms in. Betty White's teeth are coming out of her nose. She just flashbacks. She thought she's in Blake Placid all of a sudden. Just starts screaming lines about an alligator. Hey, hey, Betty, time for you to meet 2017. Yeah. Whoa. All right, so. She's the Roman Reigns of the Golden Girl. (laughs) She gets booed as soon as she steps into the house. Make it Dorothy. Is Dorothy Terry Funk from King of the Ring? Yes! She <laughs> <laughs> just got choke slammed out of her boat. <laughs> Betty White comes rolling back on the stretcher. <laughs> Wait, you remember when Mankind used to tell that story about how like how to top the Michaels Hell in a Cell match? Yeah. <laughs> Terry Funk says, well, I think you should start on top of the cell. So what if Dorothy suggested that? <laughs> I'll tell you, Blair, or I'll tell you, Rose, what you do is you go to the top of the cell. <laughs> now, there's, there's the YouTube videos, just Dorothy yelling condoms, Rose, for 10 straight hours. Top of the cell, Rose. Top of the cell, Rose. Top of the The next ECW pay-per-view is literally called Thank You for Being a Friend. <laughs> that segment brought to you by Dan Rackley and his appearance. Sorry, I think we got them all. <laughs> um, okay, so quick, just real quick notes on this match. I thought this thing was just such an unfortunate train wreck because neither of these guys could really carry this thing very well. Antifaz was just immediately rejected by the fans, sadly. And... Yeah, anti fan. Yeah, anti fan is perfect. Anti fan of perfect. the North. Uh, anti fan of the North. <laughs> <laughs> I, I after this match here, so Smothers and Tommy Rich come come out and they bicker with little at little Guido, and uh, who, who immediately he decks. So Sally tries to keep the peace, but Rich hits him with a bad flag shot that does nothing but make Sally very, very angry. And he yells at him, you're going to fucking leave me like this? <laughs> His reaction is, is not what I would expect. No, yeah. no. He's genuinely shocked. Yeah. I was, I eat him. This, <laughs> that would have been great if he just Kirby's I the mean, motherfucker. <laughs> Tommy Rich's horrible old school promo power. Who knew that a a handheld flagpole is not an effective weapon on a 500 pound dude? Yeah. (laughs) I think though the saddest part of this is is anti fan trying to get one more sympathy pop, (laughs) trying to get one more sympathy pop from the crowd, and no. On his way out, and they say no, no, sir. (laughs) Did you see his head go down? Yeah, no, no me gusta. It's almost like the entire crowd became Rorschach from Watchmen. It's like, you will come to me for applause, and I will turn my head and say, no. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> right before he's ripped asunder by a naked blue team. 
<laughs> also played by Rose Nyland. Um, <laughs> all right, so I gave this a four out of ten. I mean, I, I honestly Bret Harded my way through this one. So, uh, Jason, what did you put this match? Well, since we're now ranking them, this one gets a... I mean, after what we just did, it should be a 10, but this gets a 3. Okay. Charlie? Let me use my conversion chart here. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's a 3. three. I, mean, it's, okay. I mean, it's not terrible, but uh, I would never want to see this again. <laughs> Martin? Yeah, 3. It's three. by virtue of existing, and okay. that I still kind of like the FBI. Gotcha, gotcha. But it's okay because now we're about to get into an amazing. Like we'll just, I think we all can agree before we dive into it. Probably match of the night, but we'll see. It's Jerry Lynn versus Rob Van Dam for the ECW TV title. Uh, my first note is just simply here we fucking go because yeah, this- I've got about fucking time. Yeah, yeah. Kind of what we've been building towards. It's, it's fascinating the way the story unfolds for this match. And I, just starting with Joey Styles, he starts to bring in a narrative that the website Chatter, which I, I would love to have seen what Chatter was on the ECW in website. 99. Yeah. <laughs> the, the website Chatter going on is that this is going to be a walk in the park for Rob Van Dam. And then Joey, trying to act like he's got a dog in the fight, lays down an upset prediction for Jerry Lynn that he will come out. And this will be his big moment, and he'll win the ECW title. He's got probably half of that right. So um, going into the beginning of this, RVD is just mocking Jerry Lynn with uh, – I love how he mocks him after he eats out an inverted atomic drop, but then immediately gets clotheslined by Jerry Lynn. They have just – they have great openings of their matches, probably some of the best of all time just in terms of the way they trade off. You know, going shot for shot. The first thing I want to say is, who the fuck is the rapid fire RVD fan that can't stop saying <laughs> RVD, 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 and so on and so forth until eternity. Rapid. If you're listening through headphones, there's some quite fun bits of conversations throughout this entire match. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, there's one. It's, I, I, you missed the bit, the first bit, but you can, you can hear like one of the crew go, "It's fine. I checked it three fucking times." <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, th- they you see that um, Lynn takes a bad like a bad bump on the outside with RVD that supposedly tweaks his knee, so that becomes the new narrative of the matches. Can can Jerry Lynn survive with basically a bad knee now? Well, he has this, he has this incredible counter to a Van Daminator um, that brings out a chant of new effing show, which is great. It is a fantastic yeah. I crowd. Think that's moment. the first time it came up. Yeah, yeah, it feels wonderfully organic. What also mm-hmm. feels wonderfully organic then is the follow up where R, um, RVD summons another Van Daminator after a couple of shots on the top rope that sends Jerry Lynn to the outside through a table to where a fan right by the microphone tells us, guess you're not the new show no more. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it, I guess you're not the new fucking show no more. You dick, you fucking dick. It's exactly what comes and, and he delivers it very Frank Drebany. Yeah. There's, just, <laughs> like, there's no irony to it. Just that, well, you know. You tried. <laughs> a nasty spot. Jerry Lynn goes for a tornado DDT to the outside, but it doesn't break the table. And it looks yes. just, oof, it looks tough. 
tough spot. Yeah, the last table of Krypton there was just like, I am not letting it happen. No, uh uh-uh. Lend those scores another Tornado DDT. Both men are down. The bell suddenly rings for an an apparent time limit draw. Finnegan then tries to award the belt to Lynn because it was his decision, which I have with a question mark. But yeah. whatever the, happened to you have to beat me, I don't have to beat you. Right, exactly. It's the goofiest thing. But luckily, Jerry Lynn asks for five more minutes, which the crowd is instantly behind because, of course, yeah. who wouldn't want to see five more hours of this? You know, that's the that's the fun thing of this. But um, RVD, of course, agrees. But I love what RVD does immediately. And that means he assaults Jerry Lynn. There's no, like, you know, you expect, like, oh, these guys are going to pace it, and then they're going to go into a lockup. No. No, no, no. RVD just goes immediately, drop kicks him. Um, or I'm sorry. I have that backwards. Jerry Lynn immediately eats a drop, or he drop kicks RVD in the corner, and then goes, it's not quite the cradle pile driver, but it's still a spike pile driver. Um, Alfonso tosses the chair to Lynn. And so it sets up another Van Daminator by uh, by Rob Van Dam, to which he does uh, such a cool twisting five star frog splash to win the overtime to get the win in overtime here. So Rob Van Dam escapes with the ECW TV title. Uh, I mean, just starting around here with Jason, like, is there any reason why this thing isn't like a near perfect match to you? No, this is a really good match. Um, I mean, it's uh, a little scary with. You know, how Jerry Lynn could possibly be very hurt after that table spot. Yeah. Um, but he isn't, thank God. You know, the fans didn't give a shit. They start screaming, break the fucking table, you pussy. Um, <laughs> yeah. This guy's laying there, like, not moving. Even Rob Van Dam, you hear him go, Fonzie, is he okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, I know. It's like, oh, oh, oh. <clears throat> Fonzie gets really humanized this episode, by the way, folks. Um, spoiler alert for later on. Um, here's one thing, but, like... The like what you just said, this is like a near perfect match. Like you have the um, you have one of the competitors convincing the referee to change his mind when it's all said and done. And a lot of people like that. This past week on SmackDown, something similar happened. And everyone on the Internet says it's the dumbest fucking thing ever. So which is it? Wow. Like, I know you guys probably aren't watching like this week. The Miz had an Intercontinental Championship match with Dean Ambrose. And at some point in the match, the ref sees Maurice slap Dean Ambrose in the face. And he's going to just throw it out as a disqualification. So Ambrose catches him before he can do it and just says, not for that, man. Just throw her out of here. And so the ref goes, okay. And so instead of ending the match because an outside interference, he throws her out, which I thought was perfectly fine. It's not like she DDT'd him or something. She just slapped him. So, I would have rather seen that. Well, yeah, that would have been cool. But uh but you get like so he throws her out and so then Ambrose goes on to win the match and becomes their kind of champion. So people are like, That's stupid. A competitor shouldn't be able to influence the referee's decision. But yet here we are, you know, in nineteen ninety nine and this isn't just like a little outside interference. This stated at the beginning of the match this was a twenty minute time limit. So it wasn't like something that was out of the blue. This right. was already happened and they just go, You know what? Fuck the program, fuck the rest of these guys' time. We want five more minutes. So <laughs> one fan, one fan again when you catch conversations about all the noise screams out, "This is EC fucking W. Give them five more minutes." <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they're, 
I'm yeah. I mean, like, I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm perfectly fine with the one that happened. I just want, you know, it's. I just want people to make up their minds. I mean, with what I just described to you all, if you didn't see it, do you think what what I described? Do you think that was the stupidest thing ever? You think that was okay? No, because I've seen SummerSlam '91. I've seen this happen so many times. Like. I remember it was uh, Virgil and Ted DiBiase for the million dollar title, and Sherry interferes blatantly so that he can uh, Ted DiBiase keeps the belt, and of course everyone just goes nuts. That's just, that's that's awful. Virgil's worked so hard, blah blah blah, and so the ref's like, you know what? I'm just going to throw her out. We're going to restart the match, and it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. So I, I just don't get that. I don't. I, it's no. The thing is, we're wrestling fans overall as a populace. Are we ever consistent? No, never, oh, no. never. Um, I, um, Charlie, I love wrestling. That's I know. why I hate it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Charlie, it's an abusive did, relationship. Charlie, do you think like did um was the time the decision the whole spot with the referee did it bother you? Did it take away from this match to you? Of course it did. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, J- Jason brought it up. I, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear that twenty minute time limit thing. So I can eliminate that. That criticism, but for the referee to award, they even bring it up in uh, a post-match promo with Finnegan uh, when Prezak asks him about, you know, a referee's never done that before where they've awarded the, a title to somebody during a time limit draw. If that were the case, Ric Flair would probably be a 40-time world champion by now. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, it, like that just, nah. I mean, the one thing that it does do that I really like is that it makes Jerry Lynn look incredibly strong and on Rob Van Dam's level. Yeah. And, yeah. and and Jerry Lynn's in great form here. You can tell he's excited. I love, if you count it in the ring, when Rob Van Dam's music hits, you can actually see Jerry Lynn singing the song. <laughs> that's cool. And you can, <laughs> that's you can cool. see him mouthing the words to walk. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool. You know, he's, he, he's ready for this. So yeah, it didn't really, didn't really bother me. One more fan I want to bring up real quick. Robin Dam and Jerry Lynn are walking by the front row, and this guy just yells out, I love you, Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, good, good for you, bud. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she ordered the pay-per-view. It. Yeah, he loves it. loves it enough to scream it on TV. Doesn't love her enough to take it, though, does he? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Or, tickets, babe. or does he love her so much he didn't take her? <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. Maybe. Oh, yeah, with that fucking crowd. So I, I think I think the match was, was solid. I, I just, just to see the ref award the title to, to another guy. It just it, it's like this isn't boxing, right? Yeah, well, that's so, is were they playing off that whole thing? Is yes, they were. They so. were. That's exactly yeah. what they were. They keep bringing it up every, yeah. when they talk about it later. They're bringing up that whole incident. Yeah, I think that's now, ex- now that you mention it. Yeah, I think they were trying to riff on that, and it doesn't come across t- too well. That's, uh, that's the one bit of this whole segment that I bump up against, the whole awarding of the belt. Other than that, absolutely fucking fine. Got no problems with it whatsoever. Loved every minute of it. Um, what I was going to say is like the narrative of this match is really cool because it's a classic kind of wrestling storytelling where you have a guy who is heavily favored. You have not necessarily like an, a complete unknown. We've seen Jerry Lynn on, on pay-per-views before, but... You know, it's it's a guy. It's not like he necessarily didn't take him seriously, but we, you could you could tell at least like in the early parts of the match, RVD has a different pace than he gets than he has near near the end of the match. And 
I'll tell you, like I, I wrestled with the the whole ref decision thing, and I was like, you didn't necessarily need to do this to try and get Jerry Lynn over. Although, like the one thing I, I the one thing I can appreciate is how they use this to really hype up a second match. I mean, they basically, without that incident, they did a Rocky one finish in a lot of ways. They yeah. kind of did a Rocky one where it's like, oh wow, like. This guy, this guy came out of nowhere. But was it lucky? Was it just a was it um, a flash in the pan type of thing? So, and it's interesting. The reason I bring up like the way this, the, I find the story of this match fascinating is next next pay per view they tell a completely different story and it's even better than this. So to bat around a number for it, I I gave this one nine out of ten because I think I'm saving the the extra number probably for the next match for for their next pairing together. So Jason, where would you put this one? This is a 9 out of 10 for me. Charlie, where would you put it? This is an, uh, for me, it's an 8. Okay. And Martin? Yeah. 4 out of 10. I'd, 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 I'd say 9. The one thing that stops it from being a 10 is that whole weirdness with the belt thing, which it's completely esoteric for me to, you know, to bump up against that particular point, but I do. Oh. What number? What number was? What number was that, Martin? I... Martin, would you say the number was? At nine. Nine. Okay, good. Okay, real quick, guys. I'll just tell you that. So Louis, um, Louis Field, uh, Holyfield, and Lewis went to a draw, which. The decision, I'm just reading this real quick. The decision was met with boos from the crowd while Lewis and his corner were left standing in disbelief. Immediately after the decision was announced, HBO announcers Jim Lampley and George Foreman called the decision a travesty and a shame. Showtime analyst Steve Farhood stated, I've been covering boxing 20 years. I would put this in the top five for the worst decisions I've ever seen. Even Giuliani, mayor at the time, weighed in also calling the decision a travesty. So, um, Now, wait a second. The, the match went to the cards. Yeah, and the, and the numbers were all equal. Yeah, so I've never heard of that. Yeah, so oh, I'm sorry, I read the last page. So that one judge named Lewis the winner. One put uh, another one put the fight in favor of Holyfield. Yeah, and the third judge called it a draw. So two of the judges went with opposite <laughs> fighters. Yeah, I'm, yep. You can't do that. I know. So most of the blame was placed on that third judge, or oh, I'm sorry, was placed upon the judge who gave Holyfield the winner because I guess it looked like, for the most part, I think Lennox Lewis had the upper hand most of the fight and everything. So um, I love this. the the judge who called it a draw said later, "I feel sorry for myself. I've taken so much stick, but I I feel even more sorry for Lennox Lewis." So I mean, in the end, they they had a second fight, but I think that's sort of where you get that controversy of you're just doing this just simply to set up another fight, it seems like. You know what I mean? Like you're really just yeah. – you've just suckered everybody in to pay all this money just so you can get them to pay a second time for another match. So, And, I, and we're going to see this later on. Whenever we see um, Finnegan doing the backstage segment that you were talking about, Charlie, he, act, he, he says that and his response is just dumb. This is ECW. Of course. That's your way out of everything. Is, oh, this I'm is just as much of a fan as the next guy. He says something like that. Yeah. Like, all right. So now let's head to a video package, Sabu versus Taz. We get footage from a, 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 an array of shows, footage from um, November to Remember 96, which wasn't quite a, a, a pay-per-view yet, but it was still a, um, a super card. November to Remember 96 and Barely Legal 97, along with more recent footage. And we get a um, – I think do they, do they show here the breaking of the jaw spot? I, I yeah. believe so. Yeah. Yes. 
in the booth now, Joey tells us that <laughs> Joey tells us that adult film star Jasmine St. Clair wanted to come out and make an impact. We see footage of her hyping herself in the ring earlier when Francine came out, to which she she called her a douchebag, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> she, she called her a douchebag. Francine immediately makes her eat a stunner and throws up. All right, so I missed this, so I want to ask you guys: Why does everybody throw up the 3D? Is it does it mean something else other than the 3D for other people? Are we talking about the triple threat? Okay, yeah, that's yeah. it. It's oh, the triple damn. threat. That's that's what, also John Cena. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's my fault. I apologize. I knew. I've, now that you say that, I remember them doing that. I just blanked because I was like. Why is she doing the Dudleys thing? Because that's what I always think of is the Dudleys. It's how the Nazis bring out they were 3D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's how the Nazis figured out they were spies and inglorious bastards. Um, oh, I, did, yeah. anyone else, <laughs> did anyone else get and, and sorry for the bad choice of words here? Get a little excited about yes. the concept of, of <laughs> every you know they've had this tradition of well here's something from the pre-show that was taped and it always winds up interfering in the main event somehow i was sort of thinking is jasmine st Clair gonna get involved with taz sabu <laughs> is she the secret benefactor <laughs> <laughs> she, gets, she gets the same entrance that Sabu got on the last pay per view. Oh, <laughs> what about Jasmine St. Clair? <laughs> so, you know, all right. I, I, I'm sorry, I hesitate there because I looked at what's up next, and we got the video package for it, and finally we're going to get the raging climax of. The 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 actual <laughs> the, the gangsters explode. Yes, you that's it. We have a problem. <laughs> Boy, can you compare this to WrestleMania Five? It's Mustafa versus New Jack, and uh, uh, it's the ultimate challenge. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest challenge. The greatest challenge. The first. I, I wrote two things down. First thing: Has anyone ever thought of having New Jack come out first to a match? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, he's, it's like he's permanently a champion. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, and then I wrote, I'm a little worried about this match, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> New, New Jack comes out and he throws a dumpster into the ring. It's, bas- it's like a... It's ba- <laughs> and I, it, the, this match is immediately on, of course. I, Mustafa eats a, a computer keyboard to which Joey says, now that's interactive. Uh, oh. there, there's a Download this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every, yeah. I mean, we can just know everything in this is going to be just ridiculously stiff. And, of course, there's a Can I go- point out one yeah, thing? please. New Jack <laughs> hit a snapmare. <laughs> <laughs> God damn! I mean, I marked six out. Stars. Six wrestling, six wrestling. <laughs> but it was, of course, to lead up to like a broomstick to the face or something. But, <laughs> Wouldn't it be great I mean, if Joey? Did, Joey, did snap, Joey tells us beforehand it would have been great if. Uh, yeah, new, I oversaw in, in the back. I saw New Jack talking to Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff. I wonder if he picked that up from. <laughs> <laughs> Drop down, hit toss. Come on! No, uh, I just. 
I can't stand when they're like, it's a blood, you know, like where they talk about cigarette match and a blood feud and like they, you know, the match starts with a lockup or something stupid like that. So New Jack wants to kill this motherfucker. Like Joey is literally saying that's what he's saying. I'm going to kill him. And he comes out and is doing stick. He's doing his dancing. He's goofing off mm-hmm. the fucking, the, the play lawnmower. The play I mean, lawnmower. But I'll, I'll give it this. The guitar backfired. Yes. Oh, yeah. Even the guitar, the guitar didn't was, want to be there. Yeah, it was so fed up of being associated with New Jack. It's like, oh, fuck this, I'm off. I, I, some fan goes, no, no, I paid to see New Jack hit this guy with a guitar. I know, that bastard. Wouldn't it be great if it was John Cena's shirt from from uh, from One Night Stand? <laughs> no, no, no. I want you to see you hit him with the, cha- with the, the T-shirt. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, so the crowd threw back the guitar. <laughs> well, I think they do, don't they? Like somebody. Th- I thought they did. Yeah, it breaks in half. It goes into the crowd. The crowd throws it back in. Oh, it's the crowd. I thought it was just like some stagehand guy. Oh, I don't. Who cares? <laughs> like it just Whoever he is, he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and, I just... and it makes Kyle look like an idiot for just standing there waiting to take it. I, well, and why is Mustafa not wearing a bulletproof vest? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's out there looking like he's ready to, like, you know, have a legit, like, amateur wrestling contest. And it's like, no, like, get, get something on, man. Like, look at New Jack. He's got, a, he's got a shirt on and his weird camo pants that aren't really camo. <clears throat> I just love this sentence. I just love I wrote here. Golf club to the crotch through a sign. Mustafa <laughs> evens the score with a child's lawnmower. <laughs> Clearly, I'm jumping. Uh, I'm jumping ahead, but I want to know what brand of duct tape that is. That oh can, my god! Only two and a, two and a half wraps can hold a dude the size stop it down. No, let's let's go there because, of course, when they go to the crowd, you know what they're going to be heading towards. So I just love that because I guess they. Uh, New Jack must have thought, well, I gotta make this, I, I, I gotta make this look a little more real because, I mean, hey, if I climbed up to the balcony, who says that guy wouldn't roll off the table? Yo, come on. I mean, it, it, I. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yo. Got all over here. For Jesse Bankman, Dave. I did write, I, I feared for the crowd once this went to the outside. I legitimately feared for them once yeah. this happened. Like, that they would get hurt? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I know this spot looks great on video and everything, but when he tapes into the table and then he ascends to the balcony for uh, for a leap that I almost doesn't clear, like he barely. It, it looks so dangerous. Yes, because <laughs> not only does he have to jump, but he has to like jump forward. <laughs> yeah. The ridiculousness of this, though, is the fact that. And this, of course, was the only thing that's ridiculous, mind you, in this match. And nothing else was ridiculous up to this point. But it's the fact that security has to help them get back to the yeah. ring. <laughs> Why not just make new chat matches false counting? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's all you have to do. The match doesn't go on. It's not like they get back here and all of a sudden Mustafa is, you know, the great benefactor. Is suddenly like in control. Like this was a squash match with a story. It was. It that's Jason. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what it is here. It's just hilarious when they take them back to the ring. You would think, oh, so what are they going to do? Oh no, he's just going to pin them. Pinfall. That, that's it. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, Jason, as you he said, has it, rules. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it, it is pretty much a squash match with a story. Definitely, I. 
the, the security bringing him back to the ring, like, is, I mean, just the cherry on top of just how bad this is. I give it three out of ten. Jason, where do you put it? Minus five stars. <laughs> well, it, it's got to be on a, like, everything's on a positive scale here. You could give it zero if you wanted. I'm not going to give it zero. Point five stars. Point? Round it up to one. <laughs> okay. Charlie, where'd you put it? For some reason, I gave it a two out of five. Wow. <laughs> Were you drunk? I don't know. I guess I was. Was New Jack in the room with you? <laughs> you better give it one more star, sucker. I yeah. I What's funny? Watching him get hurt. Yeah. What's funny is it's not just that. Just give me a two and I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah this, this puts this in the upper echelon of New Jack matches. So it's going to be a four out of ten. Good for you. Whoa. Okay. And Martin. Uh, I'll give it two for the dive. Two for the dive. I like it. <laughs> two for the dive. I like it. I like it. Okay. So I'm just going to worry about New Jack hiding in my bushes and getting me. <laughs> so what I'm curious about here is if... The good thing is you'll have like a warning because the musical hit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. unfortunately, you'd be, you'd be the first person in history to actually take heed. I'm... <laughs> I, I better take that song off my phone like, now. I can't like Sam, <laughs> Sam Beckett would dart. <laughs> and he would take his not... chances with the New Jersey crowd. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> and that's not me being like uh, mean or or saying anything. Like I sent you guys that link of, of him doing the interview, and he's like shooting on fighting Haku and saying Haku may Oh, win. what an ass. But he may like wait later and get him in the bushes or something, and he's done that before. But they shouldn't talk about it because I mean, like you know, I'm sure that's just bullshit. But like, come on, <laughs> like, just it's wrestling, dude. Yeah. I don't. This next part just makes me laugh because I, I wondered if they were they they felt like oh god they went way over time or it's going to take them forever to get them out of the ring but immediately the Dudleys come out and beat on New Jack and toss him onto the ramp good yeah. <laughs> good <laughs> um, Gertner gets on the mic and I have a, I wrote a question because I, I I'm sure I screwed this up so I want to get it clarified is he basically saying he fucked Elvis to death that's what it sounds like I didn't yeah. understand that either. That's what I was wondering. The pelvis line? That, or he's supposed to be saying, I'm the shit, you know, since ever Elvis died taking a shit. I don't know. So he's a piece of shit. Is he Shooter McGavin now? <laughs> <laughs> Joel, I'm Shooter McGavin now, Gertner. <laughs> <laughs> but it goes. you. <laughs> this is wrestling. <laughs> um. <laughs> Bubba, like so, Bubba gets on the mic and he throws down another open challenge. To which, I, you know, I, I always get excited for these. I get one is a little more doable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I got, I was excited. That I mean, it's not like I'm not excited for Spike to come out, but I just I get kind of deflated because I, I don't know how much more they can do with him in this storyline. But. Spike and Nova accept the challenge, and they come down, and they pr- pretty much just get destroyed um, <laughs> yeah. pr- pretty quickly. Um, what the, about Spike's leg oh, hitting that guardrail? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that thing there when he because uh, 
apparently, like, Bubba Ray has picked up the Bam Bam spot of now yep. tossing, which it's not to doubt Bubba Ray's strength, but it looks like Bam Bam is a lot more comfortable with doing it, like knows what he's doing a little bit yeah. more. So, um, you, you get the feeling that Bam Bam, you know, tried it once. <laughs> you know, he, he had a practice, he had a run through. Bubba, eh. First, how do you try that? All right, Spike, listen. There's yeah. no one over there. I'm just going to need you to trust me. Real quick, guys, is the Bubba Bomb technically when he does the power bomb from the top rope? Or is that – is it just when in he does the, – In the WWE, the Bubba Bomb was that full Nelson, oh, okay. what the fuck was that? Yeah, the butt yeah. buster. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Okay. All right. So, because I, I write Bubba Bomb here, and that's that's not correct. I think he just does. He just power bomb Nova. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. He power bombs him and then gives him a three D. Bob Ortiz. I guess they didn't like the comment about Sicily either, Charlie, because they just were like no. <laughs> and what's awesome is he's gone for the next show. Like they completely like they. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna sell that three D, Bob. <laughs> from <laughs> dude, I mean, I mean, I now. I don't think we ever see him again. You're, you might be right because we get like the, the shouty guy who's like, yeah. <laughs> From Battle Creek, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> the dude Gosh. that sounds like Bill Alphonse. Jason, I thought of the, the shield angle again that you're talking about because I wanted to get some posters for where did Spike go? Because <laughs> it's like, yeah. like they crowd served him a lot. I thought like he was going to get kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just in some guy's van. There's a car out back. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if one time he got thrown out and became like a spike pit in Mortal Kombat? And he's, uh, he just <laughs> went. <laughs> well, that's next show. Oh, man. Poor guy. Oh, I know. Yeah. So Bubba gets on the mic again, and he just basically repeats himself and adds that all of the heroes have fallen to the 3D, to which Here it comes. Judge <laughs> Jeff Jones comes out with a stretcher and motions for Sid to come out to a thunderous ovation. Sid, cut- I've, got, I've got a nuclear Yes, nuclear pop. Yes. Sid decides to cut a little promo to himself saying, There's no man fucking tough enough. There's no man fucking man enough. It's so fucking odd. He just repeats what Bubba says. What I kudos to Bubba Ray though, kind of kudos to him to stepping right up to him. What he says though is it's perfect. <laughs> he calls him a big dumb blonde faggot. To which You're up in the crowd <laughs> next to the camera. What did he say? I didn't catch it. As soon as Bubba calls him a faggot, there's this guy next to the camera going, "Whoa, whoa." <laughs> <laughs> that was Sam Beckett. That's where I draw the line, yeah, sir. that's <laughs> ECW. We're sort of progressive and shit. Oh my <laughs> god! Whoa, hey pal. So Bubba continues, 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 continues to, continues to taunt on him. Devon gets involved, power bomb, but the double team ensues. Bubba Ray says, "For a country boy, he has a pretty mouth," which I thought was really funny. I thought that was a nice bit. Um. Sidley quickly Sid quickly rebounds and then hits a double choke slam followed by a power bomb on Devon. Sid tosses Devon on the stretcher while Spike returns from hell to attack Bubba. <laughs> big top rope three times. <laughs> big top rope leg drop onto Bubba through the uh, that oh through the middle rope. Yeah, that looks awesome when he does that. I think it's a great spot for Spike. But 
Um, Sid quickly rebounds and hits. Or I'm sorry, no, I was re- re- repeating there. Sid chucks the stretcher onto Devon, which I thought was a bit scary. Uh, yep. Acid drop by Spike for the apparent win. It's a, it was unclear that this was actually a match, but I guess it was, so it will get a rating. But Sid and Spike technically get the win here. Spike, uh, <laughs> Spike came. Uh, um, Came out, uh, yeah, only to be elated. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. Kind of a letdown when Nova and Spike came out. Only to be elated when Sid came out to, uh, uh, and holy cow, what was said by both him and Bub. I was just reading my comments. I'm sorry. My question, though, became how many times does Spike have to beat the Dudleys? Because I feel like we've done this. That's why I was saying, like, yeah. I, I, I know, I'm, don't get me wrong, like, I love when he comes out with this, the music and everything. The entrance itself is great, but it, it's just seeing him in this storyline. So, Kind of bat this around. Just this overall segment. Jason, what did you think of this whole thing? I mean, I thought it was Ugh. was great with Sid coming. I mean, like, just like you like I, like you were saying, I'm getting more than a little tired of, oh, the Dudleys beat everybody. Oh, here comes Spike and insert partner. He's like the reverse Kane. <laughs> um, but then, like, when Sid came out, I was like, holy shit. Because I had never seen Sid against the Dudleys. And... The fact that the that the Dudleys got a lot in on Sid um, was pretty cool, you know, because Sid probably didn't have to do that. He could have come out there and just laid them out, and that would have been the end of it. Um, I like how Bub- Bubba has zero fucks. Yeah. I mean, just, like, getting right in his face, saying what he's saying. Um, I also, I don't know about you guys, but the moment where Sid's leaning up against the ropes when it's all said and done and Spike just comes over and wraps his arm around his neck and waves, I just went, oh, Jesus Christ, Spike, no. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in that crowd did too. Right, right, right. It happened. But if I'm to – do you want the rating of it now or are you just um, – You go ahead and give your rating now. That's fine. I mean like just the that Sid nuclear pop alone gets a seven. Nice. I mean so – I mean like with – the just the Dudleys doing with being the Dudleys on that. I'd give this an eight. Wow. Okay. Right on. Cool. Charlie, what are your comments on the match? What would you rate it as well? Uh, well, <laughs> it's it's pretty it's pretty awful until Sid shows up, and then stuff just kind of happens. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to say on this. I'd have to. Uh, oh, sorry. One one thing about Gertner, real quick, that I forgot. Uh, this was the worst middle name he's ever had. Yeah. Whatever the hell that was, it, it wasn't clever. It was nothing. It, it was it was terrible. I'm looking for things to talk about. It's a four. Like, this <laughs> this is no good. Four yeah. out of five, right? Four out of ten. <laughs> four, out of, four out of five. <laughs> I'm just giving ratings out. Yeah, Which, well. by the way, I think I know the new hashtag right now is DTS for Drain the Swamp. I, I think it should be Don't Trust Sid. Is uh, <laughs> because Sid that power the angle, especially it's the angle of him power bombing uh, Spike through that table off the ramp is it's <laughs> oof my god <laughs> oh my god. Um, Martin, what would you, what comments and rating? Um, I'm with you. The, the Dudley's open challenge bit, fine, but it's always Spike. And, you know, we've seen it. 
the poor guy, just give him something to do that doesn't involve him getting absolutely murdered by <laughs> two huge dudes. Um, it was nothing until Sid wanders out, and then it becomes awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just for all the reasons we've talked about, just there's something about Sid in ECW that is just fucking amazing. I think it's the fact that the crowd instantly love him for some reason. He looks to be having the time of his life for some reason. Yeah. Uh, and his the segments are awesome for some reason. Um, I'd give this a, a six. Six. Yeah, okay. Good deal. Not like massively spectacular, but fun. I, I gave it a six. So I know again I'm I'm overly generous on some of these these matches on this card. I will I will admit it. I think all of that six is Sid. Like every bit of that is all him. Like it's just and again it's that it's just the presence of that guy. Like it is just simply presence yeah. that does it. Um and I love it just when that was one thing I loved reading those recaps, just how Sid just comes out and does this to everybody. Everybody that's kinda of like mid to lower card. Like it's nobody who's in the heavyweight title picture, really. He just destroys everybody who's, who's like, you know, kind of in the the on the middle card, trying to move up to all the way down to the lowest jobber on the ECW roster. He's destroying. It's too bad because I'd like to see Sid versus Taz. Exactly. Yeah. That's and <laughs> I bet That'd you be a badass man. If he was sticking around like a lot longer, I bet you we would have gotten. We would have gotten it. But what's really great is it's almost like he's tuning himself up for that WCW run. You yeah. know, that's yeah. what it seems like. Yeah. And but now we go to a video package. It's it's my favorite, and it's everyone's favorite. I, I think too, to some degree. It's the ECW Desire because it's all about how uh, Tommy Dreamer's pain is self chosen. So <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So it, we talked about earlier, like this. It starts kind of with the Shane Douglas wanting to retire and pass on the franchise tag, which brought out Just Incredible and Lance Storm, and then eventually Tommy Dreamer. So. Um, it, unbelievably enough, this is that's actually the next match. So they finally got the order right for these video packages and the matches. So <laughs> we can dive immediately into this. Offhand, like when when you were looking at the card and you realized, or when you were just watching the show and you realized, all right, so now D- Shane Douglas is going to be a face again, but he's stuck in a tag team. Did it kind of ease you a little bit to know like he's kind of be kind of on this like a side character in this versus the prominent part of it? Any of you guys, like Jason, did, how did you feel about that? I mean, um, I like that it it really did feel like Shane Douglas was was in a I'm going to put some young people over yeah. spot is really what it felt like. And it was kind of out of character for him. Um, you know, <laughs> but uh, ever since he gave Gary employee of the month instead of himself, you know, everything. <laughs> Selfless. Uh, yeah, he is. Truly, truly. Um He'll give you the last Skittles in the vending machine, too, if you ask nice. But the, <laughs> if you ain't paying for it, he'll shake it. No, but it was weird. Again, it's like this whole thing is like Shane. Shane's like Big Show. It, the will he, won't he, face, heel, face, heel. That's true. And it's kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, because there's like one month we're supposed to hate him, and then the next month he's the greatest ECW champion ever. That's the only the only problem I really have. With with this, because I like Shane in a, I, I hate to say it, I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth, but Shane in in the I'm going to get some younger talent over role is pretty cool. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's bad off. Uh, Charlie, what did you think, kind of going into this? Well, I'm going to piggyback off of that. I, there is things that Shane Douglas there there is something about him that I do like, and I don't know what it is. 
it's because it's it's not his wrestling, it's not his mic skills, hell, it's not even his look. But there is something about him that I that I do gravitate towards. Uh, but as a face, like it seemed like he was on his way out the door, and then he's like, "Oh, we'll find a new franchise." Well, let's give it to the guy who never wins. <laughs> and but but he seems to be the heart of ECW because he does a Jesus Christ pose and yells his ECW. But <laughs> in yeah, so he must be the heart. So, but uh, like for him to to be in this match and with Tommy Dreamer, and Tommy Dreamer in a way is still continuing his feud with Just Incredible. And it's it's kind of weird. Just Incredible is getting like the Steve Austin experience from like East, from WCW, where he was hot as hell as a single star, and then instead of pushing him to the moon, they saddled him with a tag team partner. Yeah, it's a good comparison. Yeah. But much like Steve Austin, I truly think like when when the Impact players were together, that's just incredible. Practically at his peak, I really like him with Lance Storm. Yeah, they have such a contrast in styles, but they complement each other very well. So it's fun to see the debut of them on our podcast. Unfortunately, wrestling Tommy Dreamer and Shane Douglas. And Shane Douglas, I'm not quite sure what his role is. As Jason said, it'd be cool if this was Shane Douglas trying to put over some new talent. But as we see as the match goes, that's that's not exactly what happens. Charlie, I'll take so, your, I'll take what you said just a step further, real quick. I think mm-hmm. Justin Credible helped Lance Storm a lot in yes. terms of oh yeah personality and stuff like that to the wrestling. I think I couldn't agree with you more. Like this tag team ended up being the best thing for both of these guys. They really are different. It's the Hollywood Blondes just a few years later, in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Uh, Martin, real quick, just your just your thoughts. Did you what did you think going into this seeing Shane in this role? It was weird, but not unpleasant. (laughs) 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 I will say, don't you don't you guys (laughs) away from the trappings of (laughs) away from you know cut the fucking music and triple threat this and triple threat that. It was fine. Yeah, there's nothing more to say about it. The whole it seems weird because they seem to be ple- they seem to be going for Shane exiting the company like as a glorious hero, but then a it changes in the course of this match, and then next month that goes completely out of the window. Yes, it so does. Yes, yes, it's it's just odd. But I much found this to him being the show, the main event. Right. Can we talk about the uh, cutting in half of Justin Incredible's entourage? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. where'd they go? Well, all right. So well, Nicole, in one case, the WWF. Exactly. I was going to say Nicole, Nicole Bass, Bass. I'm pretty sure goes yep. to WWF okay. at this point. Um, spe- it was like six other people were missing here. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The the what was the other? What was the girl's name uh, again? Chastity is currently WCW. Yes. Being, yeah. I think it's the Sandman's. Yes. Um. No, it's Raven's valet because she's his sister. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh. Um, real quick, talking about looks of things. I look like when I saw what Shane was wearing, I was like, oh my god, it's as if the British Bulldog was in Rocky too. <laughs> Adrian, I'm fucked. I know that's it. That's it. That's it. Yes, yes. That's exactly what I thought. Oh, that's perfect. Um, so 
this is what I really noted about the crowd, about how it seems like they are they couldn't be angrier because they're out of control with chance in this match. They're vile. Yes. They're the two dudes that are behind the timekeeper's table, especially, um, the shit that they're yelling at any female, it's oh my gross. God. Like, yeah. I'm going to tit fuck you. Yeah. Uh, I can get better looking <laughs> whores on some street. I couldn't recognize it. Um, I mean, like, it's bad. Like, just, I mean, Jesus. holy crap, it's bad. Um, yeah. Like, I was, you know, like, we sit there, it's fun to listen to the crowd get chippy, and sometimes the wrestlers get chippy with each other, but, like, something like that, I'm just like, you know, this, like, this is disgusting. Why would you say something like that to a human being? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, that's that's what I don't get. You know, when you hear Especially, those when, women. <laughs> yeah, and you don't know if the dudes that they're with who are professional wrestlers are not going to turn around and beat the fuck out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you deserve it. There's also, like, some fans apparently that are obsessed with just yelling that Ric Flair sucks. Yeah, yeah not just a shame. Yeah. I, I, I was like, that's wild. Like, they're just... Yeah, I think I think we hear it during the Taz match. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So, I, I mean... The way this thing starts out, I mean, this is kind of a mundane match. Shane gets the most lukewarm hot tag I've ever seen. Oh, um, man. <laughs> and I, but my favorite spot of the match is when he fakes out a turn on Tommy Dreamer. He's going to turn on him. And then he unloads yeah. on both of them, and he says, fuck these fuckers. <laughs> just, <laughs> it was a bit earlier on as well when um, they're brawling outside, and uh, Dreamer's going, going for credible, but then... Uh, Douglas goes, no, 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 I want this fuck. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I have that. that that teasing of the swerve thing was great because that was Shane Douglas becoming self-aware. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think. <laughs> he got sent back in time to stop Sarah Connor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I still love that he, even though he didn't turn on Tommy, he still just shoved him right the fuck out of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, Shane asked the timekeeper how much time is left. I mean, like, he's like, man, I'm used to, like, wrestling Tommy and people like that. I'm not used to going, like, against Lance. And, Lance Storm is so fast. <laughs> but, like, oh, God, he yeah. has talent. No. <laughs> when you were talking about the, the fans chanting Ric Flair sucks, if you go watch it when it's at a hard camera angle, there's this dude in a plain white T-shirt who stands up and, like, looks in the direction of the people doing that, like, no, sir. No, like, he's going to go take it to those dudes. <laughs> man, I thought we were going to get another nacho guy. I I, that's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> New Jersey man. <laughs> yeah, but he just sits right down. And then the the ringside camera guy goes over and dry humps Don Marie. Um, yeah. Just to get a shot of, like, Lance or somebody having Shane in a headlock. Like, it's not like he could have done it from any direction. He literally comes over. He doesn't like he moves. He just leans in all on her to get this shot. And I'm like, oh, God. This <laughs> The sexual harassment spread to them. ECW. <laughs> Genocide on women. Of course, uh, as every Tommy match does, it gets it gets overbooked. We have some uh, some run-ins here. We have Francine. All right, so Francine gets shoved down the ramp by. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me back up. Don Marie hits a low blow on Shane that brings in Francine, who greets her with an ugly stunner. <laughs> and then she lands on her knees, doesn't she? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like when you try to teach it to that non-wrestling fan in middle school. Right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and this is what they ended up doing to you. <laughs> 
And then, of course, a uh, it brings upon the the catfight spot from Joey that we always love to hear. Francine is shoved down the ramp by Landstorm. After we get a look at the tattoo on her ass, they love. Uh, he, he actually lets us know, oh, it's quite the tattoo. Um, <laughs> she returns with a ladder that Dreamer puts um, Just Incredible through. Uh, Dreamer DDTs Just Incredible into Landstorm's crotch. Shane follows up with the laziest looking belly to belly I've ever seen. Man, it looks bad, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes. Just Incredible brings in the kendo stick and taunts Shane, but Francine kicks him in the kicks him in the head, leading to a Pittsburgh plunge for the win. Dreamer and Shane pick up the win and uh, and of course immediately afterwards they they get the the heels get their heat back by attacking them, but Right. Uh, and it leads to just a, an ugly, like just a horrible spot of Cyrus. We see Cyrus come out, and he he headbutts Francine in the crotch. He headbutts her in the crotch. Yeah. Through a jack. Which I I don't know. Is that a felony? Could that be a felony? I don't even know. I mean that that's I. I the answer is yes. Yeah. I, so, all right. So. I'm giving. I gave this. I, I, I man. I feel like I, I overstayed. I'm gonna stick with it, but I feel like I probably overscored. I gave this a five out of ten. Jason, where did? What do you feel about it? I mean, your five out of ten is pretty accurate. My favorite part of the match is when Francine becomes a slightly better looking Bill Alphonse by handing all the weapons to everybody. Right. Right. Um, like, but five out of ten. Like, like it's. It could have been something pretty good. Um, I think it would have been better if it, you just had Justin and Lance go over from the yeah. get-go. Yeah. But uh, it was what it was. Charlie, how did you uh, how did you rate this one? It's a four. Uh, the Impact players should have won the match, but if they're not going to win the match, then why can't Tommy Dreamer get a pinfall in his own feud? <laughs> Especially if Shane is on his way out the door. It's like, oh, well, Tommy won a match. But he didn't get the pin, you know. It's for a guy who has it's, like it's like eight with, finishers. Yeah. Why can't he get a pin following one of these guys? Martin, how did you feel, man? Yeah, this is this is like a five at most. The match, the tag match itself is fine, but it's a very standard tag match in ECW, which is always a very weird thing. <laughs> Considering we have like some you know chair swinging freaks and stuff like that, to see a traditional tag match, a particularly one done as lazily as this, is always weird. Um, yeah. And, uh, I yeah. will say this: I wish he had always done the Pittsburgh plunge. That's a much yeah. better move and a, and a great variation of the perfect plex. How he turns it into a small package. I love that. Absolutely. I yeah, agree. it's yeah. Mm-hmm. it's really flat as a finish because I. I not having watched ECW TV, I forget that that's his finisher now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we keep seeing that belly-to-belly thing. Yep. Well, yeah. If you got to get four belly-to-belly suplexes to 90-year-old Harry Funk, you got to change finisher. Yeah. <laughs> and, Martin, you were right. Thinking about it, the fact that William used the phrase hot tag in ECW. Yeah. You know what I like? like that's what's weird is it's it's this shouldn't happen. I mean, it's ECW. It's always chaos. There's you know, like you just see people just well, fucking, I'm in now. You get people go, well, now we're a team, and, and but this one had a hot tag. It, that's just really weird. Yeah, I 
it's it's sad because like this is our bridge into the main event, and you you, you kind of hope you're building towards your main event, but you know, um, I don't know. It and I I was just thinking about it. I was like this I this is pretty much our end to Shane Douglas in a way, and it's like this is how he's yeah. gonna go out is is like you were saying, Charlie, hoping you you would put over younger talent, but instead it's no, it's it's one more to make sure that the the franchise is still the man, I guess. So. Whatever. He, right. he needs to look strong going into Atlanta. Right. He's yeah, like, get yeah. that world heavyweight title run he was supposed to get. Right. <laughs> was uh, he promised that in WCW? It was because he came in hot, dude. He came in like within a within a week had the he had the radicals. Right. That's mm-hmm. right. The revolution. Right. Was what they were called. Yeah. The revolution. revolution. Yeah. Because it was before Perry. Like, it was. Um. It was a lot. It was just like crazy. Um, I guess WCW found out what WWF knew all along. <laughs> well, I remember he, he, he remember because it was right when we started our first season. Like he he had that that arm injury because he had that he had that brace on there. So he was mm-hmm. injured for it looked like a a decent amount of that year. So it sounds like he kind of fell into the Vader trap of he came in probably less than a hundred percent coming in and then injuries immediately stacked up to where his run was kind of flatlined right off the bat. Is, is this the same arm that he w- that was quote unquote injured during ECW? Like when he did, when so. he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. I think it got aggravated during a, a spot because he also come, you know, there, there, I remember when Shane came in uh, because it's like, Oh, well they, they were going to have him go one direction, but he still like he himself Going off script, trying to force him, trying to force big feuds with the bigger names. Right off they the bat, they weren't having it. <laughs> no, they were like, no. He was like trying to get his flare feud going, you know, the one man flare feud. Um, and they were just like, it just really never went anywhere because uh, it was like, you know, Flair's not going to put up with that shit, right? Not WCW. No, 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 no. There, I, I remember they were they. They had a podcast where they talked about it. I forget. I've completely forgotten a lot of the context of it and stuff, but they definitely talked about it. So, eh. well, Rick and Shane. Yeah, I think they were both on there together. Wow. I, Shane's like in a lot of ways with some of that stuff. He's mellowed out. I know, um, Jason. You were saying he's got a podcast now too, where he just kind of runs down what's going on today. Correct. Well, no. It's uh, he was a guest on. Lance and Cyrus's podcast, oh, okay. and I think they did a two part, and I just hadn't had a chance to listen to it. But it's, pro- I mean, it, chances are it's more of that from what I see on Twitter because I follow Lance Storm. Because it's weird that a guy that how is the word I guess stoic and is that active with Twitter, um, mm-hmm. but he seems to be okay when it and try to defend everybody. But some of the people he'll quote treat uh quote people's tweets and be like ah no I'll give them a break you know things are different now yeah. so apparently that's what people like to come on his show and do gotcha okay gotcha so moving on into the booth Joey goes we go for a replay of RVD and uh Jerry Lynn from earlier in the back Stephen um Prazak interviews John Finnegan the referee about the finish and I love that Prazak like they they he's the one who's like why is like he says what we are all talking about. Like, why would you do this? This makes no sense. It's unprecedented. And that's when that's when Finnegan brings up the Holyfield Lewis situation. 
RVD shows up and says, to hell with bullshit storylines, and challenges <laughs> Jerry Lynn for a rematch at, well, what pay-per-view is it, Rob? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's going to be hardcore heaven. <laughs> <laughs> this is, a, I wrote, is another example of the promo going on too long, but what's great is just, I was like, hey, what, pay, what show is it again? Oh, yeah, right on. Hardcore <laughs> heaven, man. <laughs> That's where we're going to do it. So, RVD's great here. Uh, I- I was looking at his uh, at his Twitter page this morning, and he had posted a picture of some like speaker device, and he was asking if if what made it so much more different than other speakers or something. And someone told him, and his response was, "Cool, I bought it." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. He's supposed to be ha- either has had in the past week or coming up. A match with John Morrison, which man, I'd love to see. Oh, that. I'd, oh, I'd love yeah. to see yeah. RBD yeah. and his peak against John John sure. Morrison. Sure. So now that segues, cool. we go into our main event. Now it is a unification match. It is Sabu, who is the current FTW uh, champion, taking on the ECW <laughs> World Champion Taz? So best sign ever. By the way, did, yeah. I don't. Did you guys see it? Yes, I know. you're talking about FTV. The uh, Paul E bounced my check. Oh, that one. Yes. <laughs> and it, what's funny is you see all these other, and it's written in calligraphy. Like it's, <laughs> it's very professionally done. So apparently they didn't need the money. <laughs> um, this is where they they actually show here the footage of the broken jaw clothesline that Taz gave Sabu. Taz gets on the mic and wants the match to be an extreme death match, which is, I guess, falls count anywhere. And uh, <laughs> I guess <laughs> I hate when death match is brought into wrestling because I'm sorry, I take it literally. Like if yeah. you're having a death match, yeah. like, that's it. We can't come back from this one, folks. There will be no. Uh, at, the, at the very, very least, last man standing. Right, right, last man standing. Sure. So Sabu, I love seeing. When Sabu like talks or we hear him speak, I love when he goes to the camera and get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> Dude, when he talks, I've never really heard him talk. He sounds like he's from the valley. Yeah, he kind of. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, get the fuck out of my way. Uh, Tat, we from hear Bombay, Michigan's mall. Sabu. Tad, we hear Taz say to Sabu at one point, "Come on, you fucking pussy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a fuck you motherfucker as well. Yep. Oh, yeah. This match is the, – it, 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 this is the – again, just angry, angry, angry is uh, how you can really uh, talk about it here. It's hilarious. But um, there's a nice mix of brawling and technical wrestling early. There's brawling on the outside. It's it's pretty kinetic. I thought the brawling on the outside compared to the main event last time was a little bit better than the mess with Shane and Taz. And it may, and that may be because the crowd is just, you know, is as we talked about, is the way they are tonight. Sabu gets thrown from the ramp into the crowd that, I'm sorry, they weren't really ready to catch him, so it probably wasn't the best idea. Yeah. Uh, the Here comes the best of luck spot of the night, which is... Oh, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sabu gets thrown into an exploding table. I, I say an exploding table. It's the camera that makes the sound, but... He gets belly-to-belly suplexed over the top rope through a table. He folds in half. The camera is just done. It's just <laughs> the, the, the camera dies. <laughs> it's, it's the escape yeah. from L.A. ending. It's, it goes boom. Well, right. through the human race, camera's off. Back. <laughs> I wonder what it looks like on the network. Oh, I know. Yeah, I was wondering that, point. too. 
Yeah, because I think they they show on an instant replay that another camera caught it, uh, caught the whole bump, as opposed to just when he started folding and then it get cut to black for two or three seconds. Yeah. Um. So then Taz goes to work heavy on Sabu. Alfonso tries to throw in the towel, but it get, but I guess he gets just he gets frightened off the reservation by Taz. Like Taz just scares him out out of the out of out of the arena for a moment. Sabu, though, is able to score with an Arabian powerbomb through the table with an Arabian face buster as well. Yeah, he follows it up with an Arabian face buster. But Taz battles out and has one more signature in the tank. Yeah, um, yeah, Taz powers out, but Sabu has one more signature in the tank with a triple jump moonsault. Taz folds Sabu through a table with a dragon Tazplex. (laughs) Fonzie tries to stop the match again. But no, it is for not. There's a Taz mission by a Taz. Yeah, Taz mission by. Did I write that? Did well, Bill Alfonso yeah. he he hits Taz with a chair. Yeah, that's it. Sorry, I got distracted by Bandit. He was licking his ass again. Um, and we both in there. <laughs> um, um, all right, so yeah, at least so. We, I, the reason I hesitate is like I, I I was just rereading to make sure it's right and it's it is we get the same ending from Barely Legal is what we get here. It is Taz choking out Sabu for the win, which this to me was kind of the deflating thing. It was like I don't mind these guys fighting. It's great. It's a lot of mm-hmm. fun. It, and and I don't mind Taz winning. It's just and I want to see what you guys felt like. Did it bother you that we got basically the same? Finish, maybe even in some cases the same match is barely legal. Jason, what did you think? I mean, that did take a little bit out of it, but I mean, it was a it was a crazy fucking match to begin with, and like those fans were in a frenzy. Um, I like how Taz puts them in the frenzy by when he says we're going to do a, a death match because he also says, you know, these fans were standing outside three hours in the fucking rain, yeah. so we're going to give. I was like, oh shit, um, but. Yeah, they like when you're talking about angry. I thought one of the fans hit Taz in the head with the chair when they were in the crowd because the way the camera's going, it's just all you can kind of see is the back of his head and all those swarming fans just screaming. And all of a sudden, chair, boom! I didn't even see Sabu over there. Um, very angry people. I don't know if it's a camera guy or a fan's really got to pee, but like two minutes into the main event, you hear just somewhere, "Get the fuck out of my way!" Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not one of them. And, like, that's where I was talking about earlier is, like, Fonzie, you know, is normally he's just annoying with the whistle, but running around and handing weapons left and right and making sure, like, the part after he comes back or if he's been chased off where he's just, like, screaming to stop the match yeah. in his voice, it's like Rocky Four. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, it's like Drago is just about to kill Sabu. Um but it's bad. I was like, damn. I was like, Fonzie is a person. Um, it's not the match, baby. Um, kind of shit. But the passing out, I guess it could have. I mean, would you really want to see Sabu get pinned, though? I know. But, like, at the same That's time. It's, but I, 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 I hear I, that. I, I, was, I was all for shitting on the fact that, well, why didn't you just pin him after the table spot? And I'm thinking, does a guy like Sabu get pinned? Yeah, that's true. I mean, does he, right? Right? Yeah, I don't think... Has he been pinned? Yeah. Has ever, he has been pinned on the... On yeah. He jumps to is... 
Rob Van Dam uh, at an at an upcoming pay per view. Okay. That's yeah, it's like a character thing. It's like you know, the idea of Sabu is that you, he's like the Black Knight from Holy, you know, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> Jason, what, so, would you, what would you also yeah, rate kind of, this kind of match? Yeah, Jason, what would you rate this then as well? I mean, just everything combined, I'd give it a, a seven. Good deal. Okay. So, Charlie, what are your comments on the match? Like, I kind of guess piggybacking off, did it did did the finish affect the way you thought of it? Did you think it was more of a repeat, or did you like it more so? And what did you rate it? It's a bit of a repeat, uh, and the match itself is fine. I actually really like it, except for when they go to the crowd, because all they do is walk up the crowd and then they start walking back. Like, like that's it. There's there's no reason for them to go out there other than to get a little bit of fan interaction. And I check out literally every time Taz does this now. But in terms of the finish, so the only thing that bothers me really about the finish is that Taz locks in the Taz mission and the ref raises Sabu's hands and Sabu is, is still alive. He, he, he catches it at two. But then Taz keeps holding on to it, and then he starts raising Sabu's hands again. And by the time he gets to two, Taz already has it released. Yeah. Taz, yeah. Taz releases it with his right arm, but he's still holding it there, which just tells me that Taz was just out of it, just gassed. So, like, that, that kind of took me out of the match a bit. But other than that, I, I think the match is good. It's not as good as their barely legal match. Yeah. But I liked it. I what, did. What'd you give it, though? How would you rate it? I'd give it a seven. Seven, okay. And Martin, go ahead. Same thing. Uh, yeah, I I really liked this. Yeah, it wasn't a patch on the barely legal match, but you have to think in the timeline. It's been two years since that match, and they've rarely interacted on in, to this level. Um, yeah, the the crowd rolling stuff. It's fun and perfect for the fans that are there in amongst it for. Us watching on the screen, you just end up they just end up lost in a sea of bodies just walking. So I'm with Charlie. It does nothing for me that. Um especially as it the falls count anywhere stick doesn't play into the the match. Um but no it's it's still fun fun and yeah the some of the the bumps, I mean the, the table one that kills the camera is just terrifying. And the the dragon suplex through the table at the end is oh just you you, you I winced at that you know you, you feel that just even as a viewer yeah um, I've got a couple of things again uh, some fun stuff from the crowd and Taz himself because there's a, a moment where Taz takes time to talk into the camera about Flair and Hogan and he's like got Sabu he's like holding him or something and then Sabu gets his face and then Taz just screams ah cocksucker <laughs> <laughs> It's when he grabs his eye. Yeah. <laughs> and then some fan screams, he may be suicidal, but he ain't from Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, so all told, all of these combine to make it a really good 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10? Okay. Cool. So then just give me one sec here as I tally it up. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Okay. All right, so... 
going through how each of us rated this overall, like my rating came out to 6.1 for the show, Jason 5.6, Charlie 5.7, Martin 5.4. Cagematch.net had this at 6.14, so we were very close. We were very close to how generally people rate. Oh, I see how you're doing it. Yeah, just to to give it a comparison, you know, just to see where we're at versus kind of the consensus over the years. I mean, really, honestly, you had three strong, three really strong matches on this on this mm-hmm. card with um, with our first one being the Tajiri Super Crazy uh, RVD and Jerry Lynn Taz and Sabu, and you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, honestly, like the worst if you say the worst part of the show, it's it, it, poor poor anti fan and little Guido just you know that that one <laughs> anti fan of the north. <laughs> <laughs> I might have that as like a as like a business card. <laughs> so I mean, you had that dragging it down. Then overalls, and then of course, uh, New Jack and Mustafa. You know, it, we got exactly what we thought we were going to get. Maybe maybe a little worse, maybe a little better. I don't know, but it was pretty much we knew that was going to be a low point on the card. But overall, I mean, just kind of throwing it around. Like Jason, do you think the show, like based on your rating, is it kind of reflected? Like you thought it was pretty good, about average, a little above average. Yeah, I mean, like, I would say we've taken those out because, you know, clearly my 8 to the the Sid bit and then the .5 or 1, whatever you end up giving to the the New Jack bit, they kind of cancel each other out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was good as far as not too overly offensive as far as ring work. Charlie, your comments on the card overall, the show? Somebody should have definitely died during that New Jack match. <laughs> that, that might have elevated the score for me a little bit. Other than that, um, you had me at, what, a 5.7? So, yes. So, yeah, after I watched the show, I remember thinking, yeah, it's a six. So that, 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 that sounds about right. Those three matches are worth it. Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn far and away is the best on the card. Yeah, despite the uh, shenanigans that happened towards the end. And I, you know, look forward to whatever they've got coming up next. So, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a bad show. It's it's uh, in fact, I would almost say it's a good show. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah. Martin, uh, I guess you're the last one kind of chime in on this. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun show. Um, there's plenty here to enjoy. Um, not all of it is especially fantastic, but you know it's a pleasant enough way to spend two and three quarter hours. I yeah I and I I think I mean that kind of I I think that sums it up. Like I mean it's what did you have it rated as? Are you talking to me? Yeah yeah six one. Okay six dot one. So yeah, it was just just a us a peg under the um the cage match rating, but you know it'll be um. I'm interested now because we get, again, like a similar type of card, it feels like, with Hardcore Heaven. But that's where I'm going to be interested to see, like, how things, you know, measure up for that card for us. But as we come to the end of this one, I just want to remind everyone once again that we're on two different networks, 4CR Wrestling as well as the Questionable Endeavor Network. So we encourage you to check out shows from both of those feeds. Um, We're going to be coming out with some more about our Questionable Endeavor tie-in in the near future on Twitter and Facebook and such. So um, let's get into some plugs here real quick. Let's start off with Jason because he's probably got the biggest one. Jason, let's talk about uh, your upcoming appearance. 
Yes, I am on the Gore Horseman podcast. That releases here on Monday, January 9th. We're covering Bubba Hotep and WWE No Mercy 2003. You can catch them at Gore Horseman Pod on Twitter. And if you go to SoundCloud, type in Gore Horseman Podcast. You can pull that up and give them a listen to as well. Nice. So it's a good time. I think you guys will enjoy it. Um, definitely a movie that uh, that you may want to check out before you listen to it. I got you. Sure. Charlie, how about you, man? Do you have anything to plug? Um, uh, well, got the new show uh, that I'm actually getting ready to record within the next week or two, which is when did that come out? Uh, chronicle a movie from every month from a certain year. And like I said, that should be that should be hitting really soon. Cool. And Martin, um, you got anything new from Wolfo Figures? Uh, yeah, I just put up the first one of 2017 with some just bizarre bodybuilding WWF figures. Um, but apart from that, um, I'm kind of at a loose end. I, I don't have anything planned, so I'm just waiting to see what inspiration strikes me. Cool, cool. Well, good deal. Well... We'll be coming to you guys next with ECW Hardcore Heaven 99. You can follow us on Twitter at New Blood Pod. The, uh, the podcast is available on Facebook at New Blood Rising Podcast. I myself, I'm at William Rankin 83. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I'm at CM underscore Stabs. And I'm at Bunny Suicida. We'll see you guys again for Hardcore Heaven 99. No chances, I'm pretentious, get a beat